Welcome to Motorcycles Who? and Misfits. What? Here Wait. at the Recycle Garage. What? Why? In sunny Santa Cruz, California. Where's that? How, there were no show hands. Usually we get show hands with sunny. What jazz hands? I guess I did jazz show up hands. on time. Did today qualify as sunny? Hey. It wasn't raining, bro. It was sunny enough. Somebody required uh, sunblock, so I guess uh, <laughs> the lightest among us. It, it was sunny it was because nice. everyone had a sunny disposition because True. of all the new bikes that were there. I know, right? It was a cornucopia of brand new machinery. Uh, yeah, I've never seen uh, that many new bikes in the parking lot since the uh, the great fire of, I don't know. Where since, since the last dealership <laughs> <Whatever>. closed? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. No, that yeah, was cool. So, Emma, so since you announced your shop was closing, people have been showing up and buying bikes. Well, you know, you get yourself a bargain. It doesn't get cheaper than dealer cost. Don't look at me. I do not need to go. No, <laughs> but I mean, you can't buy cheaper, a brand new bike cheaper than dealer cost. I did. I went by, just, uh, just check it out. Well, yeah, we, we're, we're kind of bending the rules a bit because you can actually buy at dealer cost. And if there's any incentives from the dealer, we're putting those on as well. So it's kind of nuts. Even though we've got a great story to tell. Let's start by who's in the room. Who, who, who? I was waiting for not to say something. Uh, oh, hey, hey. Everyone? hey. What's right up, everybody? Hey, we got knock. Hey, everyone. This is me, Liza. On the board tonight, we've got Bagel. Right, love. On the classy. Wait a minute, girl. that's Miss Emma and that's Bagel. Yeah. Is that how it works? On the classy girl couch tonight, Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. And everybody's favorite Viking. We've got Kat. <laughs> Guten Abend. Guten Abend, Kat. <laughs> and on the stinky side of the room, we've got oh, Naked Jim. Really? Well, peace, love, and soul back to you, Liza. <laughs> so positive. That makes you man. so uncomfortable. I, I said stinky, but oh, n- knock. Mm. You don't know. What? Uh, your house smells like cats? No. The cookies that Cat oh, brought are so good, I was rubbing it on myself like perfume. Wow. You're like They're a, so there, good. Like there a weed cat with it? catnip. Oh, dick. Oh, it's better. so good. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. So, we got a, a bunch of new bikes. So, I ended up getting a CRF250L. Very good bike. Which, immediately, Mike... It's so shiny. Mike's like, yo, sell me your bike. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, go get your own. Yo. They don't have any more. Sell me yours. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, g- I'll give you $500 over. I'm like, no! Your bike was the one that he wanted, apparently. And it there was, was some the last FOMO. one at the dealership. There was some FOMO. Well, apparently, Justin almost bought it, too. But yeah. he Justin, didn't. Yeah, Justin would have bought that if we'd have had a second one. Because <clears throat> he wanted two. He wanted one for uh, him, yeah. and then uh, one for me. Oh, yeah. for me, yeah. Uh, Justin uh, did just fine for himself. Justin, yeah, no, Justin got really well. an amazing deal on an FJ09. That's a yes. good-looking bike. What did he get for it? Are we allowed to say? Dealer cost, whatever the fuck He got is, wheelies like for nine grand. Grand. Oh, got, less than that. Really? He, yeah, he paid less than, less than nine grand. With six miles on that fucking thing, less than yeah. nine grand? Is it, o- no, OTD. it's brand new. God damn. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a lot less than nine grand. Holy shit. Wow. He's stoked. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course he's stoked. He was, he was and, lounging on it today. And, yeah. and then um, Dan, our friend Dan came by, and Dan's a regular at the... Uh, 
Uh, the Misfits, and he bought himself one of my favorite bikes. Mm. It's a Thousand Versus. That's a good-looking oh, that, bike. Good that black one with good the red rim yes. on there? Oh, yes. That's yeah. a yeah. very good-looking good bike, bike That's for a Versus 1000. Bike. And I bet that um, was very reasonable out the door. Oh, dude, oh, yeah. and it came with luggage, with hard bags. You yeah. know you know what the trick is? is just tell everybody you're running out of business every, uh, yeah. every six months. Well, you know, that's the furniture <laughs> store <laughs> trick. How yeah. many times yeah. do you go past yeah. mattress discounts? No, we're going out of business. Again, yep, for the going tenth out of business time. for five yeah, yeah. years. No, but uh-huh. it's 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 the real deal. We yeah. are we're going out of business. Monterey Peninsula is going out of business. It's a um, shame. I think a couple of weeks. Um, I mean, really, I'm I've got jobs I personally need to do. I don't want to leave yeah. anybody in the lurch. I had an engine I needed to build in an old Tiger 900. Yeah, and I did that. Um, I had an Intruder 1400 with just wretched carburation problems, and I mm. did that. And then I've got a couple more. I've got a Ducati. I've got to put a clutch in. And w- basically, what I'm what I'm in my long-winded way. When I've made all my customers happy, I'm out of there. Yes. Because there's no reason for me to hang out. So, yeah, what's the time component on this? It's like oh, it's, two weeks tops. I mean, the that's sh- that's cool though for you. I mean, it's totally doable. Like you're not like oh busting yeah, yeah. assholes for. I'm or, like, not. I'm not actually going to leave the store until everything is finished. Oh, that's cool. That needs to be finished. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's like... What, well, I'm asking is they're allowing you to take your time to do a proper job, right? Oh, You're yeah, not yeah, rushing yeah. in all that Well, no, bullshit. I'm on flat right. Yeah, okay, that's right. If I take my time, the only person who's getting getting gypped on the, on the pay is me. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like... <clears throat> You don't want to be remembered at the end of being an idiot. I mean, you yeah. can, you can lead the most saintly life, but if you turn into a raging asshole for the last couple of weeks of your life, that's how people are going to remember you. Yeah. And so it is with with Monterey Peninsula. You know, we've had a choppy reputation over the years, like most bike shops do. Yeah. But, you know, I've tried to work to the best of my ability and uphold my standards. And that's going to be the very last bike that's on my bench. And I'll post it. The last one. The very last bike that goes across my, my ramp. Is, I'll post duck. on Instagram, Instagram and say, look, this is the last one, guys. Is it the duck or just so you get some other bike? I don't know. It depends. Right yeah. now, um, Ducati pulled the plug on our parts. No. Um, Wait, what does that mean exactly? You're just not getting parts from fucking well, Bologna or whatever? Well, you know, it's kind of... Strictly speaking, we can't order new parts, which is fine, because we've got plenty of parts in stock. Okay. But I'm hoping that didn't include the parts that were in transit, because I need those parts. Oh, yeah. The special you know? order stuff. The special order yeah. stuff that was in transit when the when the stuff came down. I, no, but, we'll get but, it, because it's been paid yeah, for. Yeah, if it's been paid for, I think that's, that's the yeah, that's main thing. You know, that thing. Is that thing coming off a boat with like a bunch yeah, of other containers? Well, you know, Ducati parts are kind of choppy, but I want to make absolutely clear to everyone. I mean, this isn't a bankruptcy thing. Right. So the receivers aren't coming in. It's nothing bad like that. I mean, right. the shop's just closing down. Yeah. So... It makes it a lot easier when you're dealing with that because I I've been at a dealership where the where the uh, receivers come in, yeah, you, and they close one, the door. Yeah, one day the like door's locked. Just, yeah, they just you, take you all their shit back. You literally come to work and inventory. the doors yeah. are the the doors are closed. And yeah. some, hey, my tools are in yeah. there. Well, you know, and some dude in there is counting screws. Right. No, I've had this. I've seen this happen where people had bikes in a shop to be Repair repaired, them. and the doors are locked and everything gets sent to auction, even though it's exactly. your bike that's in there yeah. for repairs. It gets sent to auction. So we're not that shop. We're not that shop. It's it's. 
being done properly. Yeah. Everyone's bike's going to get repaired. <clears throat> Nobody's going to get left behind with us owing them a repair or them owing us money. You know, yeah. everything gets a full stop at the end of the sentence or an exclamation point, however you want to say it. Yeah. And then morally i feel okay to go i mean you know well, I've, got, I've got very little swing in what actually happens but hopefully i'm hoping to get everything done this week <clears throat> if all if my if my duck parts come in and my triumph parts come in and then um we're selling new bikes like crazy. Yeah, yeah. So three probably of them be how many how many <laughs> sales are you making like per day do you know oh shit uh there was 20 on Saturday? Yeah, really? Wow. Like that, yeah. Well, people like buying stuff at cost. Because yeah, then you, yeah, that, yeah. that freaked Mike the fuck out. When you said yeah. you slung like 15 or 20 bikes on Saturdays, he's like, fuck. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I told him to go get that KLX. Get that KLX, KLX dude. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've got the nice KLX 250 in that. Um, he doesn't like digital it. Digital camo. Really the great, great digital camo. I like it's it. It's good looking. Well, it was there on Friday. But I don't work Saturday, so for all I know, it went out the door. Mm. Um, and those are got, reasonable to begin and with. And we've got the WRX, which I like. But Mike's like, oh, I don't like that, it. Not, not plated, though, right? That's <laughs> yeah, it's plated. Yeah, plate. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so WRX 250, very good bike. Gotcha. So uh, do you have the sundry items in the upstairs that uh, you're yeah, selling Yeah, I mean, you know, that, it's it, the thing is... is a fire sale? W- yeah, sort of. Yeah. I mean... Um, you know, Curtis, another another friend of ours, he was buying tires like crazy because tires are going out the door. Like, oh, dude, fucking tires, of course. Hundred, oh, I should be getting yeah. tires, Not, man. We should go get tires. I'll, I'll take Tuesday off. So we'll okay, hold on. But Sorry. you also need to go look at her back room because there's stuff back there we want. Yeah, well, we've got the, the lean sail bikes, which are going to be going away. Um, I'm down for that. I've got a 900 Fireblade back there, which actually runs, although... Really? What, what condition is it in? It's poor. Oh, okay. Poor. Oh, and then I've got a ZZR 600, uh-huh. um, which is just... Oh, <laughs> it's painted brown. Oh, perfect. Oh, it's painted perfect. brown with no. lime green wheels. It's not a good oh, yeah, perfect. What um, we want are the little, like, 70 and 100 yeah, dirt bikes. I think I've got about four or five of those yes. things back there. But uh, let me... Well, just hang on before you get excited. <laughs> you see, the thing is, and the reason why we ended up with those bikes in the first place, is... They're not particularly valuable bikes to start yeah, with, yeah. so the repairs can easily overtake the value yeah. of the bike. And yeah. there's some major problems with those. Like, one needs a cylinder head, the oh, other one yeah. needs a uh, rear wheel hub. Well, if you come across a CL100, you know, let me know, or something like you know. A CL? Like one of the old small ones. Uh, oh yeah, those things fetch good money now. Yeah, I've got yeah. a sale one twenty five in my garage right now. I just fixed up for a client. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, you guys need to get down there and see what. Yeah, they're so not. you just have a. But you know, uh, we got we still got plenty of clothes <laughs> oh, left. I have motorcycles. Wait a minute, around like Jim. Jim, next Saturday is our moto food tour. But yes. if it's raining, wait. I say our backup plan is we go down. To Seaside. Wait, with a, uh, with a briefcase full of cash. Yeah. And a trailer. Mm. It's looking a little shape. But, or we could ride, ride, rain, or shine. But, yeah, or a briefcase full of cash down the Monterey. Yeah. Like, and just, what's you know, left in terms of, like, stuff like consumables, like oil and batteries there's and still plenty, chain lube? And, there's still plenty of oil left. Um, we, mm-hmm. we bought into... Um, uh, we bought into Honda's own brand of oil in a big way, and I like oh. GN4. Yeah, I really like GN4. Yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's, it's it, it was our go-to. Just like dinosaur oil, right? We've got yeah for the yeah yeah. Um, right. We've got 
I know we've got a drum of that, which is what fifty gallons. Or oh, dude, that's fifty if, gallons if of I, if oil I or own, cheap oil, dude. Can we bring our container? Yeah, uh, <laughs> but no, the exciting. <laughs> like the bulk no, yeah. the exciting one is Suzuki actually wanted us to start peddling their own brand of oil, which what? is the X Star. X Star, yeah. that shit's awesome. And it's, oh, I've got, I got so much X Star. Do you really? There. Yes. Can we go in there with like a big gulp, like Jim was talking <laughs> about? Or just like an actual big gulp cup, like a forty ounce big gulp. No, you. Can't I'm doing yeah, like that. Just put a little bit in my hands. Just put in my hands. <laughs> put a little in my hands. But I got so much X-Star, and then um, most of the 300V has ended up under my bench. Well, so, of course, the Motul shits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, if you yeah. remember when we had the party over at Jim's, yeah. Um, I, I actually gave away a gallon of 300 That's like $50 bottles. worth of oil. That was the white elephant. Uh, try 85 Was it $85? Wow. God damn. Is it green or something, too? Yeah, it's bright. It's lime green. Yeah. You can always see it slopping around in yeah. the window in there. Oh, well, it freaked go. me out the first time I got it. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought I poured it like, into my I remember, fucking... I remember yeah. putting like Motul in my shitty-ass Ninja at one point. You probably like, went about 20 I, miles an hour fast. I was like, I was like, man, I am living the life of luxury right now. Right now yeah. this thing is fucking double green the, double the value of the bike <laughs> you know yeah with an oil change <laughs> exactly um but you know it's all very sad i mean you know i kind of posted bit. it everything must go including mm. me mm. and you know it's it's kind of sad because that place was so vibrant and it was so full of life and it's like it's like an animal that's dying yeah. You know, and it's dying around mm. us. And it, it's, it's it's really quite sad. What's cool is like it, it outlasted all the other, you know, shit dealerships. Well, that we got to the game. Well, we got to the, the number one, we're just giant dealership. I yeah. mean, you know, in our heyday, we had like 150 new bikes in stock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you remember like 831 Motorsports back? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they were used bikes. Yeah. I mean, really. And the thing is, that store has been on the Monterey Peninsula since the 60s. It's been moved around a bit. Mm-hmm. But basically, the the bones of Monterey Peninsula Power Sports have been there for <coughs> over 50 years. Oh, excuse me. Um, so, so it, you know, we were a bit of a cultural icon in the motorcycling community. Yeah, in Monterey, for sure. No, oh, that was yeah. like, like, even when bike night came around, that was like, you know, I, you know people would go there. Too. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So anyways, go ahead. Well, and when you guys say um, fire sale, you know, it means something completely different to other people. Yes. I know you're talking about fire sale, but did you guys know that there are, are whole, like, MC clubs of firefighters? Really? I was not aware of that. Didn't know that. Did you know that specifically there's one out in New York called Florian Knights? What? What? Hmm. I did not. Well, you know what? Florian Knights. I've got Matt here on the line. He's going to tell us all about it. Hey, Matt, you there? Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey! Hey, Matt! Connection's successful. All right. (laughs) We've got a fireman on the line. I have an image so of like a paladin. Fires when your bike actually catches on fire, they actually know what to do. <laughs> yeah. So when you hear fire sale, that means something completely different, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> means grab a walkie-talkie. <laughs> hey, Matt. So, um, yeah, man. You emailed us about a special thing that you're a project that you're working on, and I said, you know what? Why don't you just come on and tell everyone about it yourself? Because you, you hit all of the right heartstrings there. So, uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and, and what it is that you're doing. 
So I'm a uh, I'm a firefighter in New York City. Uh, I work in the South Bronx. I got a got on 2005, <clears throat> and um, few, uh, about a year ago, uh, a couple of friends of mine in the same area, we started up a chapter of the Foreign Knights Motorcycle Club. We're made up for, uh, excuse me professional firefighters. So we. Um, we had our first uh, first charity run back in October. It was the Rumble for Ronald to the local uh, Ronald McDonald House and uh, the local uh, Rockland Homes for Heroes, which is a local organization that houses uh, our local homeless veterans. So that was uh, that went off pretty quick. Um, it was a, kind of a last minute thing we slapped together, and it was a great time. We had a great turnout from the community. Um, you know, a great show of support for a new club that was just starting to get out there and try to trying to make friends with other clubs and people came out of the woodwork to support us. Um, you know, and you guys always talk about all the time how great the motorcycle community is and everybody is always there helping each other. So um, we had a mutual friend <clears throat> with of some California firefighters. And he was out there filming during uh, while the wildfires were going on this past year. And um, I remember you guys talking about it a lot. Like, uh, oh yeah, we were hit with mentioning how you smoke yeah, down here, yeah, and all that. Yeah, I, I also listened to uh, Joe Rogan. Even like he's down in L.A., which looking at the map from where the wildfires were and where he was, that's even you know it's quite a distance to be that that much affected. Um, it, it was just immense. Well, and, and with that amount of smoke reaching us, it really sinks in about how much loss there is going on with with that big big of fires. It really. And how far? It, how far are you guys from from Santa? I'm a little. I've only been to California once on the bike, and I didn't get past uh, San Fran going north. What are we so like? like how far? 150 miles, from? 120, probably about. Yeah, 150. like 100, 150 miles, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, California is just a huge, huge, beautiful it's state. Enormous. Yeah. Um, so we we had this mutual friend who was, you know, he was out there filming with some of the crews, and he showed us he was sending us videos of the helicopters coming in, and going into like these million dollar houses with with buckets picking up water to go drop on the fires. It was just insane. And I never in New York City we don't do that kind of firefighting. That's not really. <laughs> not too many forests to burn in, yeah. in New York. <laughs> so um, it was, it was kind of eye-opening. I got to see a lot of videos of what he was shooting. And then he was telling me afterwards, you know, I, I got a little bit more of a first-hand account of uh, what happened. So we uh, reached out to some of the firefighters out there and uh, from CAL FIRE. And then we started, they started telling us the stats of how many guys, firefighters and police officers that lost their homes and you know, they, they were on the line fighting the fires for 60 hours. Then they'd get a 12-hour break to go home and check on their families while they're being evacuated, or while their own homes are burning down, mm-hmm. and the police officers are right there alongside them helping them. <clears throat> so, um, you know, just kind of, we, we decided to try and get something together for these guys. Um, so we're, we put together a raffle for a uh, 2019 Subaru Crosstrek. Mm. Um, we figured if we do a car, we'll get more people outside of uh, uh, bikers as opposed to just doing a motorcycle. We wanted to hit as many people as we can to try and buy a raffle ticket. And you said there so, was like uh, over 200 first responders who lost their homes? 
police officers and firefighters between that's, the two, yeah, between the car lot. fire and the uh, campfire, uh, police and firefighters combined. Over 200 lost their homes. Wow. And I know in the, I think it's the Paradise area, mm-hmm. which is in yeah. Shasta, mm-hmm. right? So they had, from what I'm told, that, that town is, it's a very old town. Um, and they basically, they can't even start rebuilding for... 12 to 18 months is the time frame they're being told that wait for them to start being able to build their houses because they have to wait for the federal government to go in and rip out all the old infrastructure and rebuild new infrastructure. So they're all, everyone's all displaced. <clears throat> they're scattered. They're trying to, I, I, uh, the last update I got, <clears throat> um, I had a stat here with percentage, but I can't find it now, but a lot of the people had been found, uh, Coastal home temporary housing, but I believe a lot of them are still just still kind of scattered. They got to go to work and, and do their thing, and they're just spread out all over. And all the benevolent funds have, have been extremely tapped. Um, so so yeah, we figured we put this together and um, kind of a fast whiskey raffle. So it's going to be we're going to pull the ticket on May fourth. We're going to do a, a get a couple clubs together. We're going to ride up to our local. Subaru dealership and pull the winning ticket. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought of you guys because you guys are great at always talking about the motorcycle community. And um, and it's I know this is close to home for you guys. So I figured you guys are the perfect people to reach out to to try and help us promote it somehow. So you're selling raffle tickets to win the car. To win a car, or if uh, you live out in California and you want to buy a ticket and you don't want to come to New York for a car, we are also offering a $10,000 cash prize in place of that. Fuck that shit. I want the car. <laughs> I, want, I want a couple of dirt bikes that the cash can buy. That's a good excuse to go to New York. I was going right. to say, yeah. you know, what could be better than that? You know, fly out to New York, pick up your brand new Subaru, oh, drive it back to California. Hold on, no, fly out to New York. Yeah, rent a twisted road bike and go ride with the Florian Knights. Hey. Oh hey. yes, hey. then drive your car back home and then yeah. sell the car back here and get three dirt bikes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, all right, that's the plan. So, so I have kind of a question, and um, if you, it might be kind of obvious, but you know, you joined in two thousand and five. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So shortly after nine eleven, which is which is really heavy. I lived back east for a while, and on the west coast, we don't quite get the gravity here that the gravity that in like the tri-state area you feel after nine eleven. And is there are there things that play about nine eleven and the impact that nine eleven had on people's lives that you kind of think at the west coast that maybe it had similar? I'm curious if that might play into how you guys think about this. Yeah, because, you know, it's funny, because the other day there, I, there was just an interview on TV with a, um, a firefighter, and they were reminiscing about 9-11, and they were saying how, for a short time, New York City became a small town, because people from all over the country came in and just, you know, just on their own time, their own dime, they came into New York to help, just to do whatever they could, serve sandwiches, serve Gatorade to the guys working on the pile or they went down there and they got on the pile to help. Um, you know, and it was just a recovery effort at that point. But it was, um, you know, it, it, it was, a it, it brought that sense of community, uh, of a small community to, to a huge city, you know? Um, and that, that sticks around. I think that sentiment sticks around with a lot of guys and firefighters avoid, you know, 
we, we always kind of try to help take care of each other and our own. <clears throat> so the doing the raffle kind of, it kind of made sense to us, you know. And Matt, what I want to know, what kind of bike do you ride? So currently I'm on a 2006 Road King Classic. So oh, bring there on, it is. Bring on the <laughs> there it is. It. There it is. <laughs> no, hold on, hold on. Do you, How's the Jersey Shore? Do you, do you own more than 12 Harley Davidson T-shirts? No. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're safe. You're good. You're not a LARPer. <laughs> no, no, no. Not a LARPer. <laughs> I, I have some Triumph t-shirts, too. So. There you oh, go. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, you know, I, the man knows. you know I approve of that, darling. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a 68 uh, Team 120 Bonneville. <gasps> oh, built into like a, nice. Built in like a rigid uh, hardtail. Oh, that's like cool. Like a right. David Mann-style Frisco bobber. It's yeah. Cool, but, uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for about I finished building it, had it for a week, and then my dog bit my neighbor's dog, and then had to sell that to pay the vet bill. So. Oh, oh no! Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So. Well, let's get back to this raffle though. So, if people want to yeah. help you guys um, raise the money for these firefighters, which is so noble, because yeah, I, the numbers are astounding, and here that there's just two hundred. Uh, first responders people who right. are working i mean we know that there are whole a whole i mean cities are gone now but right, this right. is great what you guys are doing you're you're raffling off a, an awesome car how does somebody um contribute and be a part of this so you can go to either our facebook page which will link to our website or you can go right to our website which is florinsnights.com f-l-o-r-i-a-n-s-k-n-i-g-h-t-s um and you can buy the tickets right online right there uh one click brings you to the web page to buy it uh keep your stub it's a tax deductible donation and um yeah and good luck i I got a question for you uh, what's a Florian? What's a Florian? So, St. Florian is the patron saint of fire, firefighters. Excuse uh, me. Oh, right. no shit. I didn't realize. Oh, okay. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny because we started the club and I was like, oh, this is great. Everybody, you know, five Florians make sense. It's perfect. Yeah. Like, you know, Fish. Irish, Italian, grew up Catholic. So it clicked with me and I just figured everyone knew and everyone's like, what's a Florian? Another <laughs> fireman asked me. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> no, that's, that's really cool. And you also gave some really helpful information. Knock, I don't know if you were paying attention, mm. but now we've learned that you can get a tax write off for your stub. Right. My stub? <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a small right um, But, you know, there's a lot of things that are pushing my buttons great with this. Number one, the money's going to Northern California, which is great. Mm-hmm. Number two, firefighters in general are cool. But, my God, than Bronx, they can cook better. They can, <laughs> but any guy who's been fighting fires in the Bronx for 15 years, he's legit. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? Um, Thank you. No, you you are you are legit, friend, and you ride a bike. It's it's great. Um, I think you just promoted it, and anybody who wants to buy into it, have at it. I think it's yeah, great good stuff. Yeah, it's great stuff. Win a fucking yeah. Subaru. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah, Subarus. And we'll do, pick it up and eat some the pizza. Raffle, uh, the raffle drawing will be live on Facebook and YouTube on May fourth. Dude, that's awesome! International Firefighters Day, so very cool. Everyone can tune in, cross their fingers. Yeah, and thanks so much for supporting our firefighters out here. They they really are our heroes, true well, through and through. Wow. Um, yeah, we appreciate them so much. So so all all the support that you guys are able to give them, we we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on and uh, giving me the time to talk about it. For sure, Thank man. you very yeah. much, Matt. Good yeah. talking yeah, to you. All right, Matt. See you. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. Bye.
Isn't that fucking cool? That's dope. That's Super great. dope. I know. That's so, really cool. did you know that I kind of wanted to be a firefighter? <clears throat> oh yeah. When I grew up, then I started smoking a lot of dope, and I was like, Nah. <laughs> nah, that was the end of that thing. <laughs> That well, is pretty cool. We lost a lot of our track community. A lot of the folks around uh, Paradise area oh, up yeah. near Chico. Yeah. 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 All those people that normally I see at the track at Thunder Hill, which right. is yeah. America's longest racetrack. Well, Paradise they lost, was just a lot of people out. lost everything. And, yeah. and you know, the saddest thing about Paradise, um, what a lot of people don't realize, it was kind of an older <clears throat> person's community. Mm-hmm. Paradise is never going to be what it was. And it was beautiful up there. I, I had quite a few friends up in Paradise. Yeah, I guess like the uh, the property and I guess the existing culture oh. essentially was just wiped up. No, no, the, the town's earth. gone. Yeah. The town yeah, of Paradise gone. is Ooh, gone. Yeah. Ooh, if there's anybody yes. listening yes. who either lost their biscuits, Bike bikers who lost their stuff in the fire or know somebody, mm-hmm. have them contact us because we'll, we we'll might have up. some gear. We're gonna hook we can you help up. you out with. Yeah, yeah for sure, man. You know, yeah, we, um, have, we have a plethora of gear right now. So mm-hmm. we got hooked up. And we'll hook you up for yeah. sure. Or if you need a Savage Forty, we got that for you too. <laughs> oh yes, new in stock, a brown Suzuki Savage, an S Forty baby. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, that was really. That's cool, for the sale, by the way. Just, just, yeah. just to clarify, that we're not giving that away. <laughs> no raffle tickets on that one. Yeah, but you know what else is really cool? What is that? What is that? What is cool, darling? So, <clears throat> I wanted to um, talk real quick about something. Um, God, this goes back to my childhood, really. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when when I was uh, young and fascinated with motorcycles, I used to go into like 7-Eleven and I'd pick up Cycle Trader. Have you guys, you guys have all heard of Cycle Trader, right? Sure, yeah. And you could flip through and look at, they were these little like grainy black and white photos with prices listed and locations and I used to dream about these bikes. And then you'd have like the classics in there and the, the cruisers and... Oh, man, that's just is such a part of my life. So, uh, you know, if any of you have ever wondered what's going on with Cycle Trader now, there's some pretty cool stuff going on. And we have some guests here to share with us what's going on. On the phone with us from uh, Cycle Trader, we've got Paige Boma. Say hi, everyone, Paige. Hello, everyone. I'm Paige. Nice to meet you. Hey. Hey. And then living the life, we have also with her, her husband, Brian, they have formed a life that I think everyone wants to live. Uh, Everyone, uh, say say hi, Brian. Hi, Brian. Hey, guys. How are you? (laughs) Great. How's it going? So, um, Paige, how long have you been with Cycle Trader? I have been with Cycle Trader for about 12 years as our vice president. And I always like to say that it's um, it's the best thing because I work with all the fun stuff. I manage with Cycle Trader. I've got Cycle Trader, ATV, PWC, Snowmobile, and RV Trader. So I'm super lucky to work in such a passion-driven industry. And has how has uh, Cycle Trader been keeping up with the the trends and the buying and selling industry? Um, we basically, what we do is we bring the buyers and sellers together online. We've got about 2.5 million enthusiasts that are searching um, every month for their next ride. Whether, again, it's an ATV, PWC, whatever you fancy. We've got it all there. Hmm. Great. And and I hear that you two met somehow through this, the beginning of your career. Is that correct? 
Absolutely. We actually, it's funny, I consider myself pretty much a, a city girl, and I probably never envisioned myself spending my weekends at a dirt bike track. But um, I began Cycle Trader, and right around the exact same time, I kind of started dating my husband. So I went from knowing nothing about motorcycles to being surrounded at every turn by um, by something with a motor. So, nice. <laughs> Wait, he, he didn't he didn't mansplain to you, did he? <laughs> <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah. No, Brian, it sounds like you, you, you gave her a real uh, tutorial into the world of motorcycling. She, uh, she picked up to it pretty quick. We, uh, say we first started dating, and uh, a buddy of mine had a, uh, I think it was like a little TTR 125. Mm-hmm. And, and she's all about like, yeah, I can, I can do it. I'm going to come <laughs> out and learn how to ride dirt bikes, too. And she, uh, she hopped, and this one had a clutch. She, uh, she got going, and like... She was like, I'm feeling comfortable. She goes to shift into second, never lets off the gas, pops the clutch, starts riding the wheelie, uh, feet come off the pegs. The bike's not now, you know, uh, her feet are dragging behind her. Bike flips over. She re, re, uh, doesn't let go and literally drags this bike to the ground. Eventually, she stops. And, uh, well, I think that was pretty much the end of her, uh, her motocross career. That's pretty much it. I think I've seen that on every episode of America's Funniest Home Videos. Yep, yep, that happened. Another time I ran into a picnic table. Oh, oh my. I've been, been a really good rider out there. So I like to more be on the, uh, on the sidelines cheering for my two boys that both race and for my husband. I'm a really good pit crew. Nice. <laughs> and so, Brian, you're managing a track, is that right? I am, yeah. I do uh, the promoting for Elizabeth City Motocross out of North Carolina. Ah, that sounds like so. Wait, cool. so your kids got raised in this life? Yes. Wow. Oh. So, do you get to drive the Bobcat and like move the? Dirt? Uh, I do. I uh, oh. I'm not a big fan of the Bobcat. To be honest, I uh, I've, I've I've operated a couple times. Honestly, I I feel like it's a death trap. It feels like a roly poly to me. So uh, I'm uh, I'm a little more comfortable in the tractors. So we got a Kubota and a New Holland that I take out, clean up the track with, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. I try to stay on the tractor, stay out of the Kubota or the the, uh, the dozers. Regardless, it sounds like good work if you can get it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's fun. It's uh, it's crazy. If you have a, a bad day in the office, you uh, I can cruise out to the track. This is during the summer when it's more light out. But uh, have a bad day at the office, go out there, hop in a tractor, and it's 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 therapeutic to go out there and just push dirt for a couple hours. It's it's amazing. You you leave there and you feel ten times better. Nice. But our, both of our boys, both of our boys ride. We've got a six-year-old who rides a PW50 and an eight-year-old who rides a Cobra. And they both started to ride at four on an, yeah, on an electric OSET. So it made it a lot easier for them to start riding, riding because they were, um, it's a much lighter bike. So they've, um, it's pretty much all they know. They love everything about riding dirt bikes and it's, their um, motto, if you ask them, is why do we fall down? It's to get back up. So did you, like, withhold meals until they finished laps and that kind of stuff? <laughs> they were forced into this lifestyle? 
No, not at all. It's no. uh, it's funny. Our uh, our oldest one is really gung ho about it. If uh, if we got to the track, he's uh, he's first one in his boots and, and first one on the track. And the uh, the youngest one, he uh, he's uh, he's hit or miss. Sometimes he'll like to go off the track and uh, just hang out with his friends and play with cars and uh, you know like a little RC car and uh, and not even ride for the day. So it's uh, we don't push him. It's uh, it's just all about them having a good time and. You know, hang out as a family at the track. Well, that's something that um, I think we all really enjoy when we go out to our local dirt biking park and seeing the families and seeing the future of of riding, the, the future riders out there, except for the kids on the quads. They drive me nuts. They're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't get me started. But yeah. <laughs> So it's, it must be really cool to be a part of that, the, the future of riding as we know it. I would say it is probably my biggest passion is um, helping get little kids and getting families into riding. It's the one number one thing, both my husband and I, um, last year, we just really made it our, we made it our full mission. And it's really been a mission of Cycle Trader also, was to find ways to get more kids, more families out there. So through my like cycle trader lens, I was watching the motorcycle industry as probably many of you have also seen struggle for years, getting new riders, younger riders to take any interest in our sport. And I really saw it firsthand at our local um, district races. We're in district 13 in um, North Carolina and Virginia. And we were noticing that like our biggest class out there was the 40 plus class. So some of the, you know, older guys and the smallest class were our little guys, which were the 50 CC dirt bike. So ages like four to eight. And that was the smallest class that we had out there. And I've always kind of my biggest point there as two of the like five kids that were racing every weekend were mine. So they didn't even have very much competition. So Brian and I just both decided, like, let's make this our biggest, our biggest focus. So we went straight to our district and asked if they would help us put something together. So we put together an entire program on how to bring new riders in. So we started with nominating a moto mom and a moto dad. And they were our spokesperson. And then we started setting up at every one of our races. We set up a, I call it like a rah-rah educational meeting, but where we got with every one of the parents and we bring all the kids. Brian actually leads the meeting and we get down on their level and we talk to each kid at each race and we ask them like, you know, why are you out here? Are you guys excited? We ask them to walk us through like what each flag means. And we just bottom line, get down on their level and get them excited and make sure the parents are comfortable. Um, We worked with the district to change the rates for the 50 riders. So we were actually, we charge half rate for the 50 riders. So when they come out, they're not having to to pay as much. so we just started doing a lot of big things. We did a Moto Mom Award at our district banquet. So yeah, some things during the race days, we'd have all the uh, the 50 classes run first. So they're first ones on the track, so the track's in the best condition. And it gets them on the road home early as well, which, uh, which I think helped out a lot. Well, and we all know that little kids are some of the best races. 
Absolutely. They're, awesome. they're so much fun to watch. There's usually like one or two that are fast as snot. Yeah, right. And then like Working. a pack and then a couple more that you're like, okay, they must have just started. I'll yeah. just cheer them on. They totally it's, so it's so fun. It's so much fun to watch them. And um, it just made such a huge district or a huge difference in our district. And we started actually going to some of the um, local dealerships and getting them involved. And we were, you know, telling people go to the AMA and and look up how to get started and just really getting getting more riders out there. And that was our first year was last year in 2018 that we'd made this a full focus. And we were able to in one year, we took our 50 CC class from five riders to 25 riders and this year was um we they were our biggest class this year and two or last year in 2018 and when we were at our our district meeting we actually stood up there and we we got you know all of our district really excited again about having another repeat year of bringing more riders into our district and it's again as i mentioned it's been like my mission to help get more districts to get involved and you know, if every single district got out there and partnered with motorcycle dealerships locally and started to get more involved, we would be able to grow this sport um, like we've never seen before. You know, I'm curious about something. You know, you go to a lot of these events, especially the racing things, and, and well, most racing is you see it's a big family affair. And you guys talk how great it is you're bringing all these new writers into. Um, I'm sure you see a role played by, you know, the older generation, the grandparents, so to speak. And I'm curious, you know, ro- what role on the East Coast where you guys are at, what role do you see the grandparents playing? Because a lot of these guys were hard-charging riders and women, you know, were legit riders back in the day. And it's fun to be at the track where you see these like three generations of, of families so they get to hang out. What's it like that you see as far as, you know, the role of like older adults is there, they stay more active in their involvement in this. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's funny you say that. So, uh, I've seen a lot here recently. It's, it's kind of crazy. So you, it's hard to explain. I've seen a lot of people posting photos of exactly like you said, the, uh, the generational, the three generation things, uh, where, you know, it's grandpa, son, and now grandson all out the track. And, uh, a lot of people, you know, posting that up, you know, tagging ECNX underscore park, uh, with uh, the three generations of, of parents that are out there riding, which is, which is really cool. I personally, I, I hadn't seen that in a long time. So I'm hoping that that's something that's coming back in and, Maybe the, uh, the 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 sons are now bringing the you know the grandsons in and it's a you know cyclatory thing. Even, Certainly hopeful hopeful thinking. Even for us, um, my father-in-law Brian's dad, Brian's riding since he was eleven. He came out and went um, took the boys racing, like just like he used to do with Brian when he was a little kid. So it was really cool to have him out there cheering and and being part of it. So we've seen it on our our own side too. So you've continued to take that further, though. Um, you're sponsoring teams on the track, is it correct? We do. We actually Cycle Trader has a pro motocross supercross um, team. It's called the Cycle Trader Rock River Yamaha team, and we also have um, a big amateur part of that team also through Rock River. So Rock River is a um, it's a motorcycle dealership in Wisconsin. 
And the Rock River team started as an amateur race team. And they've got right now close to 650 amateur riders. And when we came into sponsoring the team, um, we were really able to help them start to get some strong, well-known riders out there. We've had Alex Martin, Colt Nichols. We've got Brandon Hartraff this year, Jacob Hayes. Um, so we've got some really good riders. It's been it's been great. One of my favorite parts of sponsoring the team is seeing all the kids and all the parents interacting with their favorite riders and in the pits. You know, meeting the team managers, getting autographs. It's um it's really neat to see. I think for me, the coolest part of sponsoring the team and just motocross, supercross in general is how they get to interact with these athletes that that they love so like being in the pits and meeting these riders is such a really exciting experience for a lot of these kids and these families so it's been it's been a pretty cool experience i think that is very cool and and for cycle trader though i would think too um getting out to the younger generation and getting the, the name out there has probably been real helpful because um, cycle trader is part of a uh, it's a large group there's a lot of different things under cycle trader right or under uh, the, the the parent company right trader interactive right yeah so cycle trader's not going away no we're not <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool and so Paige have you given up on writing um I ride a scooter Oh, hey, hey. what kind? <laughs> we have a uh, we have a sweet 1986 Honda Spree that she uh, scoots around on the track. Wow, cool! <laughs> no, we have scooters too. Scooters are fun. Yeah. I can maneuver around on the scooter very well. I don't crash into anything. And we are uh, we're actually currently bringing back to life a uh, 1978 Honda Express. I don't know if you guys. Oh, are. Wow. oh cool! Is that the one with a little basket? On it, yeah, yes. got the basket, got <clears throat> yep. the tube frame. Yep. Uh, it's, uh, it's getting a little carb clean right now, but uh, she should be back mint here hopefully uh, by the end of next week. <sighs> yeah, very cool. so cool. So, and and Brian, what do you ride? I got a uh, YZ450. Oh, that's it, just one, just one, just one. I know, tell me about it. I, I keep on uh hitting up page like come on babe, let's, let's get another let's get a 252 stroke and she uh, she puts a kibosh on it now we've got an entire garage full of toys <laughs> and we've got a big toy hauler to load them all in so we're uh, we're good on toys for right now nobody wants to hear that but <laughs> well as as the kids get bigger you're gonna have to keep buying more bikes Exactly. Tell me about it. Our eight-year-old is itching and just keeps asking for a sixty-five. Oh, he's ready, huh? He is—he's ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> and I'm here's here's just I'm gonna I'm gonna set set this one for you. Do you buy your bikes off of Cycle Trader? We have definitely bought our <laughs> there you go. Yes. but we also have sold all of our bikes off of Cycle Trader. All oh. right. Nice. Yeah, and our RV. We've sold three RVs off of RV Trader. Cool. And every one of our dirt bikes. And we actually, the race team, the Cycle Trader Rack River Yamaha race team, they also put up all of the race bikes. So if anybody's ever looking for like a really cool race bike, um, it's got all the modifications on it, everything. So they can go there to Cycle Trader and look for our bike. So if you wanted to ride 
Brandon Hartraff's old bike. It's going to be on there. Um, are there. So it's a pretty cool experience to be able to buy a race bike. That's pretty cool. And so CycleTrader, um, CycleTrader.com, are there any new features that have been added to the site? Um, we we do have a lot of really cool cool features. I think one when you're when you're going online and you're looking for a bike, you should definitely check out videos. So we offer videos for every one of our units. Um, most of the dealers, most private party are going in and they're putting up some videos so you can really see all the good features about each bike. Um, we've got a chat feature. We also are just starting to enable text so that if you wanted to actually text with with somebody, you'll be able to do that. That's coming up pretty soon. Um, so we've got a couple, couple cool ways to connect. I think that that's great. And so you, you have some uh, takeaways for us, advice for people who want to get into riding or get their kids into riding, besides yes. withholding meals until they finish their laps? Yes, right. yes, yes. Besides <laughs> that. Um, my biggest thing is really to talk to other people. And to go into a, go right into your local motorcycle dealership. I think what makes the motorcycle industry so cool is how passionate everybody that's involved in it is about it. So what's different than somebody that maybe works at a car dealership or works at a store, um, anybody that works at a motorcycle dealership, most of the time, they're riders themselves, right? They grew up riding. They, they love the... They love everything about riding. So I always tell everybody, if you want to get started, go to your local dealership and ask them what's the best way to get started. Start asking them questions um, because for most, um, in most cases, they'll actually be able to tell you like where to ride, what are the good local tracks to check out. They can usually tell you about your local district because that's going to be the best way, best way to get involved. What advice do you have, babe? I, I would. I was just gonna mirror that exact same thing. Just go to your dealership, talk about, uh, you know, figure out who your district is, see what district you belong to. Uh, I mean, all your districts have, you know, five or six, maybe more amazing tracks that you can go to. Uh, so it kind of gets you out there. And as soon as you go to the track and you, you know, you uh, you line up and you meet these people. Like Paige nailed it. Like every it's it's a it's a sport of en- enthusiasts, of people that absolutely love it. They believe motorcycles. So when they see other people that have dirt bikes, like you're you're immediately taken into the group. Like you get to find a way to to not be their friend. Like you're you're immediately friendship with these people. <laughs> so it's, uh, so yeah, it's uh, get out the track and and meet meet people and uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. You uh, you get a whole new it's like you get a whole new family out. We call it our, our moto family, and then we have, you know, our, our regular friends and family. But, you know, the, our, our moto family are, are the are the folks that we hang out with pretty much every weekend. It's uh, it's an amazing sport just because of that alone. Well, and the, other, I, the other thing to remember, too, um, for parents who want to get their kids into riding, that once the kids get older, as long as they're sticking with it, um, when you're in a motorcycle, you don't have money to buy drugs. <laughs> nope. <laughs> or, or time. Like, it's... It, it just so much to to live for and to look forward to. Like you're right, they don't get in trouble. They're out there. They're eating well. They're trying to you know work out, be in good shape, so that they can they can win. It just keeps them on a great track. Right. Well, not to mention the community. Just getting into the motorcycle community, which we all know is just an amazing, warm, welcoming community. 
It really is. I, you know, I, again, I didn't grow up in it. Um, I grew up like at country clubs. So, you know, to get into this and to, for me, it's just been, it's been such a cool experience to have this be part of my life. Like I told my husband a couple of years ago, I said, probably like 10 years ago, I said, you know what? I never expected this is where I would be on a, you know, Friday night watching a flat track race um, <laughs> and walking back to our pop-up camper. I don't know, back then we might have just had a tent, um, you know, getting ready for racing the next morning. And I said, and there's no other place I'd rather be. So you're saying that you've, you've since you met Brian, you've been slumming it, but you kind of grown to like the slums, huh? I've, I've grown to, grown to awesome. Yeah, some of our friends that we that we travel with and that we ride with on the weekends. What I think is also really awesome is there are most of them are friends of Brian's from when he rode hair scrambles back, you know, twenty years ago. And mm. so we ride with them on the weekends with their families, their their wives, their children. So we're all growing up. Everybody's just growing up together. So, and if anyone wants to kind of follow, do you guys have a website where people can follow your team or even any, are you posting any of these races on YouTube Absolutely. or anything? Yep. We have, um, we're on all social social media for cycletrader.com. So we've got Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, whatever you prefer. Um, and you can get to everything directly from our site. So, you know, whether anybody's looking for, um, if they've been riding, they want to get started into riding, you know, check out Cycle Trader. We've got the largest volume of bikes, ATVs, PWCs, snowmobiles, anything that's on for sale in the United States is going to be on Cycle Trader. Great. Well, I'm glad you guys are sticking around. I wanted to thank you for coming on the show and uh, sharing that with us. Thanks for having us. I love what you guys are doing and keeping the future of writing going. It was really cool. Oh, oh, hold on. It was really cool while we were while we were chatting. I just got on the website and um, started searching for. <laughs> the Bosley the pug is about to hurl a lung. If you can't hear it in the background. Sorry. But um, no, I just got on the website. It was really easy to use on my phone and uh, searched a couple of bikes I'm interested in, and I thought it was really cool. So yeah, I like it. Awesome. Well, keep searching. You'll find something. <laughs> nice. Your pot of gold? Is that in there? Yeah. <laughs> nice. So, cycletrader.com. Check it out there. And that's a place to go for buying and selling. And, and, and I look for more features. I'm hoping you guys will continue to grow and expand them. Great. Cool. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. All right. Is that not cool? Getting the kids into racing and the future of. Biking as we know. That's dope! You (laughs) bet. I was no. stoked because they were so excited. It got me excited. Well, they yeah. were excited. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We're all well, excited. And we're here's something focused. that I didn't say to Paige, but I love that <clears throat> she loves everything about writing, but writing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that's okay. I mean, the whole point is writing isn't for everyone. I mean, <clears throat> riding a motorbike is a skill you have to master. And yeah, not everybody true. wants to step up to it. But the important thing with Paige is... She's involved with the community. You know, you can't, in a band, you can't all be the lead guitarist. Yeah. You've got to be yeah. be the bass player and the drummer. As For sure. Plus, it beats the shit out of soccer, I'll tell you that. Like, like I'm not Jewish, but like sometimes I go to Cedar and like go to Hanukkah and I get invited. So I'm like an honorary Jew. Just like the food. Yeah. yeah. Of course. <laughs> fucking latkes? Give me a break. Right. 
So we have one of our favorite guests here, and as I said, oh gosh, he's so third time in. You're officially a misfit. No, he's a, he was a misfit after the first time. I mean, I know a misfit when I see one. No <laughs> me. <laughs> so Kat, is that an insult? No. Cat, <laughs> thanks for coming down again. Sure. So everyone knows that you do your loud, uh, loud. It's loud. Loud. I like to try. You you can make up fake accents. Why can't I? Oh. <laughs> he, he gets to do what we all wish we could do. Because he looks like he should have an accent. So it just makes sense. I, actually, I really do. It just depends on what part of the world I'm in and how yeah. long I've been with an Italian guide or an Australian guide or right. one of my Germans. The the accent changes Does or depends. Depending on how much scotch I've had to drink. Right. Like, Do your hands start moving up around like this when you're in Italy? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You start <laughs> talking awesome. with your hands in Italy, especially when, when I'm with Enrico. Enrico right. says, hey, we have to stop for a coffee. And I start waving at the, the clients. Come on. You have to bring the bar. And yeah, it just. Perfect. But yeah. you, I mean, you look like you were raised in, uh, in Stockholm, but you're actually a Northern <clears throat> California guy, aren't you? Yes. Okay, very good. Nothing wrong with that. We like NorCal. NorCal in the Heights. In the house. So for those who remember, you have Layout Adventures where you take people on these amazing adventures that are bucket list trips that usually include visit to a MotoGP track. Not just that, but you get to go on the track. Yes. Uh, international tours with track time on MotoGP circuits. And also we do two tours in Italy that feature uh, MotoGP itself. So you can get reserved seating and actually be there for qualifying as well as race day. Wow. And enjoy what it's like to be at an Italian MotoGP, which is, which is a little different. I just want to yeah. emphasize one but, thing. Uh, you get to ride the track. Yes. yes. Right. Uh, yes. But, I mean, make no mistake, I was um, looking through the brochures. I mean, these are fantastic tours, Cat. But the prices will straighten your hair a bit. Yes. You know, it's high-end stuff. Yeah. It, yeah. The, the track bikes are, 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 you know, it's it costs me a lot of money to pull in those track bikes and have well, track bikes you'd actually want to have. Right. Well, you give it to pay for it, and you're yeah. talking MotoGP shit. Right. right? Exa- you want to that? I that's don't think exactly so. what I was going to say. This is expensive stuff, but... It kind of looks like you get extremely good value for Rightly money. Rightly so. So, anyway, it's it's great to always talk about my trips, and I always want to get more people booking. But that's not why you're that's here, not is it? Why I'm no. Here. no. No, I actually want to try to pass on some advice to all motorcycle riders. Uh, and then and this time around, I want to talk about uh, one of the destinations that everyone always talks about, the Alps. And then I'll give you a, a couple of uh, couple of things that I always pack with me uh, in my bag when I'm on my trip. When you say that, mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but the image that comes to mind is that crazy view of like, from the top of the mountain, these crazy switchback. Oh no! Sound of music. No. Right? No. Is that? Is that? No, 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 no. I don't. Know. I the Alps to me is Steve McQueen on a Triumph painted <laughs> like a Zunda, <laughs> being chased by half of the Wehrmacht forces <laughs> and jumping, jumping to freedom in Switzerland, not quite making it. Mm-hmm. But if you know, he pats the gas tank. He pats the gas tank. You know, very, very poignant moment in that. God, that dog. <laughs> and me. We're both, we're both dying. You're, you're both, you're both <laughs> hacking. So um, you're, you're well-traveled, and you wanted to come in and, and share some just general advice for those who want to go travel, and yeah. the Alps is one of those destinations that people go. Well, well and I wanted to give a, a couple of reasons as to, as to why. Uh, please, guys, you jump in and ask questions when you want to. But there's, there's two. Oh, all right. What question? One already. One quick question, because I'm not sure. When you say the Alps, it's like 
How, where is the Alps geographically? Where do they run? Give me a picture of like whereabouts we are in Europe. Okay, so the, the Alps are a mountain range. Uh, it sort of divides Central and Northern Europe, and it starts in France and runs all the way 1,200 kilometers all the way to Slovenia. Oh. That's a hell of a mountain range. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm becoming very familiar with a lot of these countries <laughs> okay. with the uh, relay. But, you know, it's, it, it's such a famous range. It's almost got its own adjective. You said the Alpine region. Alpine. Yes. It's an mm-hmm. Alpine whatever, you know. So um, Well, there's two things that really, really make this a fantastic spot for motorcyclists specifically. One, these are young, steep mountains Mm. so you're having gorgeous vistas and also these young steep mountains are going to require lots of twisty narrow pass roads to get up but here's the other advantage of the alps is there's been civilization there for thousands of years so there's lots of little villages which requires more and more roads so that's why this is a top destination uh for motorcyclists now the other reason this is great is because since it's in the center of europe um, you sort of have a, a bit of Alpine culture, which goes all the way across the Alps. You start in France and go all the way to Slovenia, even though the people are in different countries and they speak different languages, um, the culture is kind of similar. You're right. always guaranteed a schnitzel with noodles, goulash, and apple strudel at the top of every mountain pass. It's it's guaranteed. Um, the houses all kind of look the same when you're in the Alpine region. Uh, right. So in many cases, they're not Swiss, they're not French, they're not right. Italian, they're not Slovenian, they're, they're Tyrolean. They have this mm. particular cultural right. feel. You know, I can concur with this. I used to travel um, from England to Spain, many, just regular, when, when my mom first moved to Spain. And when you go over the Pyrenees, mm. I mean, the Pyrenees bridge France and northern Spain. But the culture, when you actually get into that Pyrenean region, is very similar, even though the countries themselves. You know, a a Pyrenees-dwelling Spaniard has got more in common with a Pyrenees-dwelling French person than the flatlanders in either part of the country oh absolutely so it 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 is it's a mountain culture and it's it's really it's a wonderful wonderful thing the other i guess hard emotional aspect is when you get up in these areas i i shout in my helmet every time uh, because i go there once a year uh, on tour wait is this like a braveheart thing you're shouting like what's happening no no i it it, because because i'm gen x i'm sort of naturally cynical and to me this this perfect paradise just doesn't seem real it seems impossible i know exactly what you're talking it seems too idyllic one of my clients described as this i feel like i'm on a, a giant movie set for for a fantasy for a fantasy movie right. it doesn't yeah. look real one of the things that i put in uh, put in there was uh, in one of my articles is that it feels like some insane god had designed this perfect terrarium for his pet humans yeah knock has the same enthusiasm for bakersfield <laughs> <laughs> bakersfield oh yeah uh-huh. oh. oh my god bakersfield. yeah no <laughs> Baker. Bakersfield. <laughs> Sorry, all you Bakersfield dead dwellers out there, but that place is. Mm. That's um, that's part of the San Joaquin race, <laughs> right? Right, San Joaquin race. So another great thing about you mean the walking Alps in the sun, anyways, right. is so since it's there in the center of Europe, this is more than just a tourist destination because it's so beautiful. This is a resort destination, right? Mm. And when you run stuff in the travel industry, you know there's a big difference between a travel town, a touristy town, and a resort town. Mm. A resort town can't rip you off 
resort mm. town wants you to come back next year. Mm. So all across the Alps, you'll find these resort <clears throat> towns that are used to servicing travelers from all different parts of Europe. Their default second language is English. And the standards of food and accommodations are pretty consistent because they're all competing hard with each other to try to get your, you know, your euros next year. So that's another advantage for the traveler and also for the tour operator is right. I can I can move around from different hotels and feel pretty confident about what type of service level I'm going to get. Can I can yeah. I just go back um, a couple of sentences, Kat? Because this is something I hear consistently. Um, <clears throat> because of course I've got an English accent. Because, oh, I'd love to go to Europe. Um, <laughs> That's Australian. But of course I don't speak. I only speak English. I only speak <clears throat> American, and that kind of puts people off. What people don't realise is, as you say, in the more travelled areas. Everyone speaks English, and everyone speaks perfect English. Well, it's, there's a variance of perfect, but but the the question is, if a Norwegian and a Slovenian meet each other in the middle of the Alps, what language are they going to talk to each other in? Right. Is there a rabbi? <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that's cool. So the other thing that's you know that's going on in there is, since it's such a popular destination for motorcyclists to go to, mm. there is a plethora of motorcycle touring companies that are there every year. Um, I'd say there's about a dozen, uh, and really the, the the differences really have to do with the markets that they serve. Mm. I'm serving you know track riders from the United States, Australia, and, and Canada mostly. Others are serving Germans. Others uh, specialize in UK or Spaniards or Chinese. You're mm-hmm. serving rich fuckers who like to go fast <laughs> actually you know and so what else is there what's left well the, the funny thing about that is uh my most consistent customer he's he's saves up money every year right now he's uh he's plowing snow hmm. up in Truckee right right now so he can make <clears throat> enough money to go with me to the alps this year right on as if you can get enough snow it's uh. paying good yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's not just uh my tours i don't get a lot of the super rich on my tours it's yeah. mostly people who, who make make time and they save and they plan right. okay that's cool you're right the super rich won't go on a tour they get their own tour so cat yeah. you've given <clears throat> us the destination this is obviously it sounds great i want to go right now so you're going to give us tips yes on we we know where we're going to head. We're all going to the Alps. <laughs> so we're, we're sure we're we going to start with destination or bike rental. Oh, uh, that well, was my question. Ah! Yeah. I don't know if this is really, it might be two questions. Is way a what bikes are available, and then secondly, yes. what would be your bike of choice? Okay, no, that's that's a very good question. Um, I have a, since the Alps are such a huge region, and I've ridden the French and Swiss and Slovenian, and uh, to me the best place to go is the Italian Alps and a little bit of the the eastern portion of, of the Swiss Alps. Uh, primarily, I enjoy the Italian Alps because of a lack of Swiss policemen. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, the the Italians, the Italians and the Austrians uh, have a general theme that if you're going to go through the villages, they've got the little speed cameras there, and if you're going through the village, you should slow down. Yeah, There's no agreed. reason for you to blast through the village. But when you get up on the mountain roads and you've got lots of curves and sweepers and switchbacks and little straightaways, you know, it's it's time to have some fun. Yeah. Uh, and the Italians and the Austrians and the Slovenians seem to understand that a little bit better. So I have a tendency to go for uh, the the Italian. Now, where to begin? And this is important. Uh, my favorite place to begin, believe it or not, is Munich. Mm. 
fly into Munich, and uh, I believe I, I've gave Liza the the links on this uh, so that people can find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, look in the show notes. Um, <clears throat> my favorite rental fleet is Bike Travel Service, run by Dirk Remmel in Munich. Dirk's a great guy, great group of people, has a huge fleet, very well maintained, um, but reasonable prices and also rather good insurance, uh, should you have yeah. any mishaps. Um, they pretty much offer the entire BMW range that you can rent, except for the S1000R. And I asked him, I said, I said why? Yeah, Dirk, why didn't you? And I said, ach, no, we go through real tires. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there, there's also another destination you could conceivably do, and that is you could fly into Milan, and you could uh, talk to my friends at HP Motorrad. They have uh, fleets of bikes uh, out of Milan to head north, and they have Ducatis as well as BMWs to, to ride in the Alps. Now, bike-wise, um, I have a preference for the BMW S1000XR. I think BMW screwed yeah. up with this motorcycle. I think they really screwed up because it has a personality. Hmm. Is Bosley warning yeah. for something? Oh, it's bagel squeaking. There it is. Um, I, I'll tell you what bike I would want to ride. I think this is a bike. If we're talking about like fantasy bikes, I want to ride a BMW R60 through the Alps. Mm. You'll, see you a, you'll, you'll be riding you'll it quite see those. slowly. Mm-hmm. That bike, an R60, you're dealing with about 27 <clears throat> horsepower. So when you're going up the hills, especially up in altitude, it'll get a bit wheezy. Yes, but that's okay, because when you're riding a bike like this, you're wearing a leather helmet and goggles <laughs> and a long scarf. Yeah, a and waxed, you don't want to go too fast. Jackson, it'll be exactly. biggles. But I tell you what, what a great choice. S1000X, that's a yeah, fantastic get, get back to that. ride. Right. Yeah. That, that's an inline four too isn't it yes yeah, yeah. it is a, the, the wheelbase on it is a little bit shorter than the multistrada which it competes directly against not a good bike for couples unless you've got a small passenger mm-hmm. uh, but like i said i think bmw screwed up with this bike because it has personality it wants to be ridden like a sport bike mm-hmm. yeah. even though it, it it looks more like a, a, a sport touring machine you yeah, know i followed one of the, those bikes in the uh, twisties down to pinnacles one day and it was getting up and going oh that's right yeah. who came over it was uh, that uh, Indian fella, I think, was ripping that's on right. it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but the quick bike. And that's that's probably nearly 200 horsepower to play with, isn't it? it the horsepower changes as you get up there. But honestly, it's not about the horsepower in the Alps. It's, it's just the rideability. It's the rideability and the handling. It's really good on trail braking into those into those tight switchbacks. Mm-hmm. How, how important is um, fashion and style? <laughs> oh, to yeah. an Italian, it's leather. everything. There's got to be some it's leather. everything, darling. <laughs> you know, I've, th- there's, every now and then, I've only been passed twice in the Alps. All right, and this I ride a pretty good clip, but there's riders who are faster than me, and also riders who will take more chances. I was passed on Mendela Pass by a group of sport bike sport bike guys in full leathers. They were dragging, you know, dragging puck, going around, going pretty quick. Um, and I've been passed by a bunch of Ducati guys that were going quicker. I probably could have kept up to them, but I had to stay with a group. Um, but you know. The great thing about when you get up to the top of the mountain passes, particularly in Europe, is you won't see all brand new bikes and all brand new gear and all high fashion. It's about it's about the ride. It doesn't matter if you're on a rental bike or you and or you've got the latest set of Denise leathers. It's you're there. It's about the environment. The Alps are such a humbling place to be standing. Right. That it's really not about you. What yeah. about what about a Vespa? Would you do that? Cat, would you ride a Vespa there? 
Um, not on Paso Gavia. <laughs> What's the deal with Paso Gavia? Is it too much of an altitude? My favorite moment on Paso Gavia. Uh, I just reached the top, and we all had our helmets off, and a, a group of Germans just come up, uh, come up to the top, and there's this one woman who's riding a KTM RC8 full, you know, one of those big sport bikes that yeah. KTM used to make, which mm-hmm. is exactly the wrong bike mm-hmm. for Paso Gavia, which is very tight, very narrow, mm-hmm. no guardrails. You're looking down thousands of feet below you. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of bumpy, and she gets to the top and she says, "Willst du mich raschen?" Which Basically, basically, there is no direct translation, but the closest meaningful translation is, are you fucking kidding me? Because yep, exactly. yeah. they just took her on, a, you know, she, she she may have been worse off if she was riding a big old Harley or something, but it was a very difficult bike to ride on a very tight, twisty, right. bumpy road. Mm. Uh, but that, that everybody, kind of road. everybody is gathered up there at the top. Everyone's got their helmets off, and everyone busts up laughing, because we <laughs> all know, even the people who can't understand the German know why she's, why she's She's upset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but that sounds like the road I'd like to take a scooter on. Though. I'm looking yeah. at a picture of it online right now, and it looks majestic. It's like gorgeous. snow and cap peaks yeah. and it's super beautiful. clear and clean. Oh, my gosh. So um, I have another question for you. So obviously the time to do it, Europe has very much a four-season climate. Yes. Um, summertime is the time to do it. Just how crowded does it get up there? It does get pretty crowded. Um, this is this gets to be an issue is since the Alps are such a popular you know destination, not just for motorcyclists. There's tourist bus and tourist little vans, right? And, exactly. And hikers and everything. So it's it does get to be kind of an issue. So you learn that you have to weave through traffic, and you also learn some strategies about getting in and out. And that's something that a motorcycle tourist com- tourism company should be able to help you with routing and how to get around that traffic, right. that type of thing. So I mean, if you're doing this for the first time, it's probably good to get involved with a tour rather than just rent a bike and go out on your own. It um, Here's how I put it. If you are an experienced global traveler and you've got some extra time, then I, I would say of all the destinations that are popular, you could conceivably do this on your own. Um, is so long as you plan for the, the the occasional mishap, you can get away with and do this on your own. What a motorcycle tour company is giving you is it's giving you more smiles per mile. Right. It's taking you on the better routes and less mishaps. Everything's planned out. Um, but if you if you wanted to go it on your own, I'd say uh, maybe spend two or three nights in the the town of Andermatt, Switzerland. Uh, and then maybe uh, four or five nights in uh, just about any of the small towns east of Bolzano, you'll find a, a lovely little town and lots of great hotels. The other thing that probably everyone always asks about is Stelvio. Everybody wants to ride Stelvio. It's the most popular pass in the Alps. Uh, beware that it is because it's very popular, it's also kind of dangerous because of the additional traffic. Lots of really tight switchbacks. you got to know what you're doing uh, as a motorcycle to get up motorcycle rider to get up and down Stelvio. Make sure you get your uh, your sausage at Bruno's when you get up to the top. That's, that's <laughs> sort of a requirement. And then sort of take in the spectacle of riders from all around the world. You'll see club signs. I saw club signs last time. I saw stuff from uh, uh, Kuwait, Dubai, India, people coming from you know Michigan, Australia. You'll see people from all over the world gathering there with their fellow motorcyclists at the top of Stelvio Pass. 
pass. It's a gorgeous place to be, but for me, the the most gorgeous passes that that I always take my clients on are uh, uh, Pordoi, Falzarego, Gardena, uh, Zella. These are the passes of the Dolomites that are just mind-droppingly gorgeous. Um, but to me, the real rider's pass, the pass you go on because you're a true motorcyclist, is Manghen. No tourist bus can make it up Manghen. Uh, so when you get to the top of that pass, you know you're a serious rider, and the only other people who are going to be there are, are fellow riders. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's cool to be in an environment where everybody kind of has got it figured out and sorted out like a culture, you know? So I'm curious. This is one of the things that maybe you don't think about till you get there, and then you're like, oh, shit. Like, if we were to come from here, which is basically sea level, I fly to the Alps, and I'm up in, you know, we're talking about the Dolomites riding at, you know, ten or 12,000 feet. I don't know what it is. Do you have to deal with any of that change in... In altitude, as far as riding, you mean for your physical body or for the body? Right, like I know if I go up to the Sierras and I go hiking at nine or ten thousand feet, I get queasy and little, right. You know, he had. You know, what's it like trying to to adjust to that altitude? We've never really had any issues with the with the phys- people's physicality. Generally, we don't spend that much time when we stop at the top of a mountain pass which is the highest place we'll get to we're usually getting off our bikes and breathing gently and walking over and getting some food sure you'll feel yourself huffing a bit but then a bunch of hikers will pass by you and start you know you're 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 fine i I didn't know if you were riding at like 10 or eleven thousand feet no it's not like it's not like the andes okay i don't know those either who's he yeah. <laughs> Americans so, don't know about geography. <laughs> so, all right, so Kat, as somebody who takes people out on tours, you know exactly what you need to be prepared. I'm wondering, what is one of those things that you have in your bag that everyone should have on a trip like this? Um, I actually brought two items today. Um, and one, it's like show and tell. This is bomb. Oh, yeah. yeah he's, I'm re- this. He's, yeah. Re- he's reaching into his sack. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so when you go on tour and you're in a foreign country, you will be using your cell phone more. Mm-hmm. You just will. You're mm-hmm. going to be taking photos. You're going to be checking email. You're going to be posting uh, posting on social media all the great stuff you're doing to make your friends envious. You're going to be chewing through battery. Yep. You're going to be in the big cities. And you're going to be looking at that map all the time because you're trying to figure out how to get yourself back to the hotel or to that <laughs> restaurant. Yeah. That means having a backup battery for your cell phone is really important. Uh, but if you're going to pay for a battery, why not actually make it something worthwhile and make it a ba- make it a battery backup that can also jumpstart a motorcycle? What? Yeah. yeah. Holy hole. What? <laughs> and furthermore, if you're going to spend money, spend that money within the industry. And that's why I use uh, a, a backup battery or re- jumpstart battery from um, anti-gravity batteries who are uh, big yeah. supporters of the industry right cool. uh, it's a little micro start i've actually the 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 link that uh, Lizo put up there on the show notes mm-hmm. um is for the little micro start i've actually jump started uh, a v6 engine with this tiny wow. little thing nice. so, you know it's the size of a cell phone i was gonna yeah. say cat's holding this thing it's about the size of a pack of marlboros yeah 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 yeah, like a Marble 100 with filters. Sure. With yeah. filters. <laughs> yeah. So this will complete. This unit will completely recharge my uh, my iPhone uh, seven about three or four times. So it's very yeah. handy to have it's on tour. Yeah. It'll power Emma's vibrator for about four minutes. No, that is a great. That's t- a great tip, and that's what people are constantly like. Oh, I'm, my, my phone's losing charge. And that's so small. And that's Ooh. your lifeline. That's your map. There's there's so many things on there. Usually your reservations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is key. But I like this. And again, anti gravity sport micro start. Mm-hmm. 
That is a great tool yeah. to have. And if yeah. you're in the middle of nowhere and you got to jumpstart your bike, it's even more handy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. I, I want to know more about your bags now. And there's another bag that you carry with you. Um, this one is a little bit, this one is sort of a, the, the <clears throat> be prepared and hope you never have to use it. Uh, have you ever noticed that your average uh, med kit, first aid kit, is actually a piece of junk? Yeah. There's like yes, two, two band-aids and a roll of gauze in there, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and that's about it. you got to custom it. I was on the Veterans Charity Ride a couple of years ago, uh, and I ran into a representative from a company called MyMedic, and they gave me a very nice kit uh, that has, it's a serious first aid kit. And the story behind MyMedic is it was founded by the children uh, whose father had had a rather bad traffic accident, and if somebody had had a decent first aid kit on site, they could have saved his life. Oh, Here's wow. how you know if it's decent. Does it come with a rattlesnake bite kit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it doesn't require sucking. <laughs> uh, more importantly f- uh, for me, does uh, does a kit include a tourniquet and a, uh, a blood clotting? Blood clotting. Oh, right. blood, yeah. blood clotting stuff, and that's what I specifically have uh, yeah. in this kit, because if you have a compound fracture on the side of the road yeah. uh, that punches through and you know, punches through an artery, yeah. you've got to you've got to you've got to stop that. Otherwise, yeah. you, you know you're looking at death. You know, not not too very long. Is it like quick clot that they have in there? Yeah, or something? yeah. yeah. Um, so I have an older uh, I have an older one. The the one that I put uh, up in the show notes is one of the new one called the Recon Unit. These things these things are generally meant for groups of about four to five to, to eight people. Uh, it's f- so it's for your group rides. Uh, for somebody who should be carrying this with them. Probably somebody who has a little bit more medical experience. And there's stuff in there for everything from from insect bites to basic basic treatments of you know aspirin and pain meds. But there's also the more serious stuff in there: sterilization, mm-hmm. gauze for you know, gauze, and, and and also the the clotting stuff. Did it come I, in I, that I, bag? Uh, it'll come in a bag, actually, a little bit smaller than yeah. the one I'm okay. with. Okay. I, I think Liza watched every episode of Doogie Howser, so, so I think you're good. No, no, I just remember <laughs> as a kid, our first aid kits had rattlesnake. Oh, totally. You had to kit, cut right? it. And yeah, suck you had to it, cut and cut an yeah, X. it came with a little knife blade. Okay. Yeah, oh, rattlesnakes are generally not a real problem on any of my. <laughs> Uh, right. I, I can imagine. Right. No, but but this is something I've always wanted to do better. I know people who are first responders and they carry a bag with them all the time. Yeah. And they, they, this company actually works a lot with those first responders to make sure that those guys are equipped, especially in when they are not on duty. I think um, I want to get a bag like this, right. and then the uh, sailor's guide to medicine. That's all you need to be able to practice medicine. Is it just pictures of of limes? Yeah, a bunch of lemons. (laughs) Yeah, a bunch of lemons. So, Kat, can we talk money? I mean, what is a first aid kit like this one we've got in the Um, studio tonight? What you're holding in there is is probably probably worth about $300. Okay, so not massive. For something that could save your life, it's half the price for a decent helmet. Yeah, well, more importantly, it's not just saving your life. It's 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 for a group of people. So if you go on group rides, you have have a whole bunch of sports, by guys, maybe a few squids, and oops, mm-hmm. you know, somebody dumps it right into the guardrail, and ooh, somebody's really hurt. Oh, yeah, quick, yeah. Start, right. quick, you know, somebody, somebody clear the road, somebody call, somebody call the paramedics, and somebody rush in there and start looking for any serious. You know, a, and it can happen so quickly. My mind goes back about ten years. I was on Highway 25. We'd just gone through mm-hmm. Trace Pinos, heading down 
to uh, Pinnacles <coughs> and we went beyond Pinnacles and now we're in the middle of nowhere. The guy in front of me hits some gravel on a Jixxer 715 and he's down and he tears his leg up. Oh. I mean, tore his leg up. Mm -hmm. But the problem, there's no cell phone. Yeah. There's no means that you're in the middle of nowhere, you can't call. And so we kind of fashioned a tourniquet of some sort just to stem the blood loss. Mm -hmm, and then yep. somebody else ran up a hill and just got enough cell phone service to call 911. But it was an ugly scene. And it could have gotten, with something like this, yeah. it could have been a lot better outcome. I mean, he was okay in the end, but we were all sweating a little bit at the time. So we got 300 bucks for the first aid kit. Yeah. Um, this battery I'm holding in my hand. The Jeez, oh. uh, it's been so long since I've looked. I think they're like maybe 80 bucks or something. Right. No, it's yeah. Well, because well, I have a Boost. I can't remember the brand, but it's you know it's a Boost. Same thing. You could charge yeah. your cell phone. You could jump a truck and all that shit. It's easily four times the size of that and yeah i carry it with me for like dirt biking like it's important for like liza was saying your cell phone things like that but a lot of times you're in remote places where you know for whatever reason you're you have a bike issue and you run out of battery and you gotta restart the last time this one was used i was at uh, thunder hill raceway and one of the rvs one of the big fifth wheels couldn't get its uh, jack stands up the electric motor the battery was gone so we went over hooked that thing up and boom he, he could leave he couldn't leave until he, we could get battery power to, nice. to his motor's cool <laughs> so first Very aid, smart. first aid and power. Yeah, first aid and power. Uh, and probably finally, I'm sure you guys can ask me a lot of other stuff. But this thing I've just got to tell everyone about this year. Uh, as you guys know, we do international motorcycle tours with Track Time. Well, I keep a close eye on my calendars, where my different uh, fleets are around Europe and when they're going to be where. Mm. And this year, because of how the dates have worked out, it's possible for me to run a four-day vacation with three days of track time at Catalonia. Oh, my oh, God. Wait. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a point where you're going to be driving right or riding right through that giant wall, right? Right next to it. Is that what the one you're talking about? Uh, no, that's Aragon. That is Aragon. Okay. That's Aragon. Right. Um, okay. But what what this means, though, is it's possible for me to run a short little, I call it a track snack, uh -huh. uh, where you can just come in to Barcelona do three days of track time on Catalonia. This is Mark Marquez's home racetrack. Mm -hmm. right. Do it on a brand new Who's 2019 that? BMW S1000RR. And as your as your lead coach is Troy Corser. Nice. Wow. Yeah, that's you pretty get, dope. Do you get to cut in on and the inside you know, like Mark Marquez too? For anyone, <laughs> for anyone who hasn't been, Barcelona is the most <laughs> beautiful city. It's, it's actually one of my favorite European cities. I, I love Barcelona. Well, we're so encouraging I, people to actually do this and then stay on a couple of extra days in Barcelona if they want to. Or what they can do is they can immediately join the Spanish Pyrenees to Aragon tour. So by combining these tours together, you would get six days of track time split between Catalonia and Aragon, again on the S1000RRs, and six days riding wow. the best passes in the Pyrenees. Sign wow. me up, Kat. But I What's it going to cost? <coughs> Um, the the track snacks about thirty six hundred bucks, and that includes all hotels and meals. That's everything except airfare, right? And then if you tack on the uh, tour at the end of it, uh, that'll run about seven thousand on top, so yeah. about ten grand. Yeah. But I want to ask about my favorite part of your tours. Sure. 
I know, I know this is the food. How is the food? I knew it'd be eating. <laughs> there better be some pork involved. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, the, the Spaniards are are the masters of ham. They are they, they, they ham on. Yeah, Jam on. Yeah, there's a bocadillo. There's the, there's this ham sandwiches uh, everywhere. Uh, then there's the uh, tinto. Uh, this mm-hmm. is this red wine that that's that's really dark. Oh, vino tinto. Yeah, yeah really wonderful. really hefty stuff. No, we eat pretty well uh, in all of the four star uh, hotels uh, there, particularly the Paradors. Uh, they 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 serve you in these. Geez, uh, when we were in Alcañiz, we're in this uh, 14th century palace and we're in the main room of the 14th century palace and that's where we're eating you know four oh, star fantastic. and you know the thing i like about the spanish diet so much they're great grazers so mm. you go into a bar and they've got all the tapas on the board yeah. they've got all the tapas and you just you just pick up oh you pick and you've got some nice little squid or you've got some of the Ooh. the tortilla you know the uh the the egg pie you know with the mm. onion and the uh, potato in it oh it's yeah, delicious tapas have become such a, a, a you know a fashion item in the united states when really in Spain, what they are is it's bar food. Yeah, it's just it is. really it's good it's bar eaten. food. Right? Yeah, and that's and it's that's how it's meant to be eaten. And we try to do that uh, in Barcelona. Uh, the Basque region is what's most famous for tapas. So there's plenty of yeah. Basque people hanging out in uh, in Barcelona to give you proper tapas. Mm-hmm. So I have a, a little different question, but um, you know, last time we saw you, you were recovering from an injury. So you know, that was quite a tumble you had. You got some hardware installed. Yes, How are things did. going on that front? Um, I, I'm proud to report that I was able to do 25 push-ups uh, yesterday. Well when done. Two months ago, I couldn't even do two. Uh, it, it really is amazing how much two weeks in a hospital can can, can really, really uh, uh, weaken you up quite a bit. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, my first track day of the season uh, next weekend. I'll be at Thunder Hill with my friends. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Wait, no, but technically you rode a bike today. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, my, uh, I'll be punching the jigsaw up a little bit faster. You rode our mini bikes. <laughs> <laughs> we had those out today, and it's we so funny. It doesn't matter who you throw out. on there. Um, the, they grin like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, I crashed again. It <laughs> was a did. good one, though, right? You yeah. did. It's so epic, because you love to grind that kickstand into the pavement. Right. And then, you know, surprised, was, what happens? Well, it was funny. We had an electric, not electric wackadoo, but we had a, Alan was here today. Mm-hmm. Alan Rec- Smith. Record-setting Alan. 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 Oh, Steve. And he had a pizza Alan. box, a DR, no, a KLR. KLR 650 with a giant mailbox on the back. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, next you know, he's in his leathers, and we're racing. Yeah. And then we're, we're bombing down towards the main road, you know, where that turn is. Mm-hmm. And he gets down, and he goes, where's the brakes? Because <laughs> they're like. <laughs> Surprise, bitch. <laughs> oh, it's where the clutch normally is. I didn't tell you that. But he, he totally ground pegs and almost just to make the turn so he didn't die. But, yeah. <laughs> Alan's funny. No, and 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 Cat was like, I can't get on that little thing. Oh yeah, you yeah. can. Yeah, Not with that can. attitude, sir. Oh, oh yeah, you can. <laughs> one si- one size fits all, Cat. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think it's it's um, awesome what you're doing. I appreciate that you're sharing just the general tips because this is all about go out there and have an adventure. You yeah. know, it's really been one big motorcycles and misfits top tip it is and, and, and i hope tip. that everyone listening that they're um inspired to go out there because what we don't want is for everyone to end up like Knox, somebody who just stays at home yeah doesn't venture out yeah you know come on doc don't you want to go do one of these trips just to just vows i'd rather just <laughs> there <day>. it is. <laughs> no you know i mean knock <laughs> yeah. he, he's a big fish in a little pond here knock <laughs> staying at home watching reruns of the golden girls it's <laughs> no way to don't live fucking your hate on 
blaspheme the Golden Girls. But it's no way to live your life. Blanche is my fucking spirit. (laughs) (laughs) When he gets really wild, he watches reruns of old Magnum P.I. Oh, the mustache. Right, right, with the really hairy chest. (laughs) No, and and remind everyone where they can find out more about your tours. Okay, um, it's Laird Escapes, L-E-O-D, escapes.com. And whether you ride with us or you ride with somebody else or ride on your own, please get out and ride. It's the best way to see the world. And by all means, get to the track. Exactly. Do you recommend this as a gift? Do people, is this purchased as a gift? Yes, it has been purchased as a gift. Uh, And we've got a couple of people doing their 50th birthdays this year on tour. So especially, it's going to be probably going to get a little wild uh, when we do the Germany tour. Yeah. Somebody's like, where where am I? This isn't Chuck E. Cheese. um, (laughs) So we want to know my last name starts with N. Now the great things about the great thing about the Munich policemen is they're totally used to people being wandering around blithered out of their skulls. So one time I have shots of one of my tour guides drunk off his ass taking selfies with the cops. Mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah, because they're just used to it. As long as you're not hurting anybody, the cops are like, yeah, fine. But you know, Kat, you, you actually do a Northern California tour as well for yes. people mm-hmm. who really don't want to venture out of the country. But There you uh, go, Knock. Yeah. A tour they, for you. And you I, don't have to leave home. And I'm sure <laughs> a lot of the motels you stay in show the Golden Girls knock. So you'd be you'd be in like Flynn. Perfect. <laughs> and you can Perfect. ride laps of Laguna Seca. Yes. Laguna is awesome. Yes. Laguna is awesome. It's a difficult track to master. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I give him shit, but I'm afraid to be on a track with knock. Right. <laughs> Did you see that picture on the somebody posted on uh, um, social media recently of the Wienermobile going down the corkscrew? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Shit. <laughs> It should have been on fire. I think that's like a metaphor, something for something greater, maybe. <laughs> the biggest wiener going down a corkscrew. Yeah, yeah. there's a joke in there somewhere. There's a joke yeah. in there somewhere. Demon lead so on the brakes. Thank you very much for sharing, and and everyone go to Laod Escapes, check it out, and um, good shit. Yeah, no, you're making dreams come and true. Good food and yeah, beer. Like, Every time I see pictures of you, it's like I want to eat and drink and ride. Cat, cat, is it weird? I'm most excited <laughs> about like, the food. Cat oh. <laughs> is a legit <laughs> dude. I was going to say he's a legit cat, but you can't say he's. <laughs> you know, cat's a solid cat, right? <laughs> Indeed. So I think it's time to get to some emails. Email and time. And I pat ourselves here. on the back. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's just wait and see what this one says. Not yeah. Hey, this is from our friend Chris Guys. He says, I've been a listener for years. Finally decided to start my own podcast. Nice. Yeah. My podcast will focus on new writers and getting new writers into the sport. Well, cool. isn't that interesting? Yeah, I know good on good you, guess Chris. to have. Um, I also want to do what I can to get more women involved in the sport, especially since my girlfriend is the one that got me hooked. Very good. Sounds good. That is awesome. Can you point me to any websites or other resources that can quickly get me up to speed on how to publish and host my episodes? Any advice for avoiding pain points or anything else you can offer? Wow. Um, So the first thing I'll say is the information is out there. It's everywhere. There's uh, so many how-to. There's podcasts about how to start a podcast. There's forums. There's uh, Facebook groups. Um, There's so many... and, and you're going to get advice from different ends saying, oh, only use this platform. Only use this platform. Just pick one, really. And, and you will learn um, uh, how it works out. But the thing to remember is you learn as you go. 
And when we started this, um, I remember our first goal was, I think by episode 10, we should have this all, you know, ha- has squared away, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How hard can it be? <laughs> right. Well, we just passed a million downloads, and we're still... Still trying to improve. Show. It's still yeah. a shit show. <laughs> trying to figure shit out. <laughs> so the goal is just to constantly improve. Don't think you're going to come out of the gate and have it squared away right. Yeah. But there's been there's a lovely community, um, and we know a lot of the other motorcycle podcasters. So just jump into it. Yeah, one thing. Be, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say one thing I've noticed. Just you know, me and Liza hanging out is um, whether we're riding to go dirt biking or doing this that, and the other thing is you're always talking to other podcasters and, and giving advice. And, and basically passing on lessons learned. So I think it's great that he reached out to us, and I would encourage him to keep reaching out to people because I think it's a very nice, you know, a community that wants to share the information because we all benefit. So yeah, yeah, there, th- there aren't very many motorcycle podcasts, and I think uh, we kind of get around by uh, sticking together, at least having you know friendly relations with everybody else. So sure, don't yeah. be afraid to. Ask whoever and ask for advice, I guess. Except for those Cleveland motor guys. <laughs> oh, God. Those um, guys. My, my big thing is uh, get good equipment, get good sound. Yeah. If yeah. you want people to stay around and listen, try and, and have good sound. But, I mean, you can get good sound on a budget, right? Like, yeah. We're not saying, like, go balls out and get a no. $30,000 rack or whatever. <clears throat> no, but uh, just jump in and be ready to constantly um, improve and to change and to uh, swap out equipment. Um, That's really the trick. And as we've learned tonight, (laughs) run a backup recorder. Yeah. Nice one. Yep. Hopefully everything went well, but for people who don't (laughs) don't, uh, see, we had a shit show while recording. We had equipment going down. A computer crash, yeah. Computer crashing. Um, Half this episode is actually going to be SpongeBob SquarePants. (laughs) Um, But we're thinking hopefully that the backup recorder got it all and we're able to put it all back. So backup recorder, that is my one bit of advice. Yeah. So good luck out there, and do let us know when you get started. Send us uh, links. We'll have you on the show and uh, share that shit. Tra-la-la. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Knock. What you got there? All right. This one's called Starting a Recycle Garage in NC by Daniel. Ooh. Well, then. Uh, Misfits started binge listening a few weeks ago. I wish I had discovered uh, y'all sooner. Uh, I'm on episode 79. Failed. Damn, oh, son. Wow. That's way back there. Got a ways to go still. Yeah. I hope you're listening old one, new one, old one, new one, yeah. alternating instead of going through the series like chronological order the recycle garage embodies the human like the human bike connection of the zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance oh yes and it's a pure thrill to hear about your adventures every human capable of riding and owning a bike should and you all are getting us up a step closer to it okay Okay, no, I'll well, bite yeah. Yeah, sure. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Love the organic, fun vibe, and how much I've learned <clears throat> about wrenching. Just listening to you all discuss what you're working on. Uh, I ride a Suzuki C50T. I'm working on a 99 BMW Funduro. Uh, it runs when it feels like. Uh, yeah, I guess it could be problematic, yeah? Yes, we don't call them BMWs for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Is a UTB bike would either be a Triumph Tiger 800 or, or a custom Enduro or Funduro. I guess there's a, there's a link on there. Just, anyways, um... I love to start recycle garage out here in Raleigh. I don't think I can host it at my house as I rent, and I may not be able to do it 
every weekend for a month old at home. But I would, but it would be great to hear what the basics are for getting one launched and to keep it going. Uh, keep kicking ass and being incredible ambassadors for what is the most elevated form of journeying. All the best, uh, Dan. I'll, I'll speak for Liza. Put out four chairs. Yeah, chairs. Yeah. Chairs. No, um, definitely I've been able to do this because I've had a space that I could make available to people. And I've um, given over a lot of my personal space to shared space, but it's having a space to do it. That doesn't mean, though, you have to have that space in your yard. And there were times when we were threatened this space, and I was looking at... Um, like I was looking at gas stations and I was looking at dealerships yeah. and and well, even friends. office spaces yeah. that have a parking lot that's not used like on Sundays. Right. And I was even looking at getting a storage container hmm. that you can get for a few grand mm-hmm. that if they would let park on it and then you can have all your tools and everything locked up and then you bring it out in the parking lot. Um, we also at one point had a potential shop slash accessory store that was looking at giving us space out the back Mm -hmm. to work out of because they thought that would benefit them. They would build up a community here at their store. Yeah, right. Um, And that's not a bad idea, too, to maybe talk to a shop or a mechanic because a lot of them are closed on Sundays. The traditional days for bike shops to be closed are Sunday, Monday. So Sunday, if if you want to do a recycle-style garage on a Sunday, that's fine, because you can do it on a Sunday, and then there's still a day of riding around on the stuff you just fixed before the bike shop opens on Tuesday. So, Yeah, and it's... I mean, we don't really use the inside of the garage that much. Everything is stored in there. Everything we're working on is usually on ha- with hand tools outside the back. Right. If you really have to have access to power, it's not that much power you're using. Yeah, you really... Important. Whatever resources you have is how you make it happen. You know, one thing I'll say is where we're at, we're so confined with space because real estate's expensive here. You get All out right. to Raleigh, North Carolina, oh, I think you Lord. might have a lot more options so i would think just think outside the box you can probably rent raleigh's town hall (laughs) for about 10 bucks a month so there's probably some old industrial spots or some old garages but i think if you get creative about it and then the other thing is network and be collaborative you know find some other people that enjoy hanging out talking about bikes wrenching on shit put out some chairs and i will share um a lot of people may not realize the original concept was get 10 people together who want to share a space and then rent a space split 10 ways and and form a community right and that was kind of the first idea and i actually was looking around for garage space stuff like that but it still was so expensive here that's why i ended up doing it out of mind but for places that are affordable that's not a bad idea start a collective yeah mm-hmm. right True. rent a garage if you can find garage space for like 3 400 a month it's like 30 or 40 bucks for 10 people. It's not a massive amount of money. And what, you'd, what you're what you going to gain from that, if you still distill that down into, like, value for money per hour, it's going to pay you back over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and the, the whole point that you, you only need one compressor, you only need one welder, you only need one bead blaster, you only right. need... There's so many of these tools, you only need one that 10 people could easily share. Right. 
Yeah. So it and, saves you money there. And if you can get people together who have you know this tool or that tool, and they want to contribute that to the garage, you know, and make a, build it as a community thing, you know, yeah. there you go. I mean, tools aside, and the actual physical mechanics of it, um, I think the mindset should be. I don't know if this is true with Liza, but is to. Uh, Help the community. Uh, is what you're doing helping the community around? You know. So. What do you mean that isn't what I'm doing? I, what? I'm just adding. You know. Yeah. I don't want to be presumptuous about what you're because I don't know what the fuck you're thinking half the times. Anyways, man. <laughs> True that. Pie. Yeah. It's a pie. <laughs> All right. Well, good. Good question, Jim. What do you have there? I got lane splitting law in capital letters. No, it's not law. There's some shit. There's some shit happening out there, y'all. There is, which is good, right? We got to we got to change the paradigm. So this is from Chase Lewis. Hey Chase. Hey Chase. Hey, writing from Tacoma, Washington. Okay. Been a listener since about episode fifty. So he's been incarcerated for what three years? (laughs) Uh, Originally from SoCal. Oh, why did you leave? And I'm very comfortable with lane splitting. Continued a few years exclusively on a Gucci V7. Mm. Oh, I like. Nice oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, really the only way to get around solo in Southern California without losing your mind. True. Mm-hmm. Recently relocated to Tacoma, uh, where I was in for a surprise. A uh, very unhappy uh, cager yelled and honked at their horn at me, which we talked about. People get aggressive in oh, places. Yeah. Uh, while he slipped through traffic. To my surprise, lane splitting is verboten. Mm. How do you say it, Emma? Verboten. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's verboten. Uh, okay. What? Okay. Uh, now, uh, having a Gucci, as Emma knows, the jugs get a little hot. And that's yes, not they good. do. Link splitting was always a solution. On to the point. Currently being reviewed in the Washington State Legislature is State Bill 5254. 5254 is not exactly what we want as lane splitting quotes, but it's a start. Mm-hmm. I'm not too hip to legal wording of things, but it seems like this will be what we need to get the ball rolling. According to this bill, it'll allow passing <laughs> passing in the same lane as the vehicle being overtaken. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also makes it illegal for a driver to intentionally impede a motorcycle from doing so. Hopefully it's a nice. felony. Um, I'll be uh, regularly emailing the legislature to support the bill. Right on, dude. Uh, if there are any Washington listeners, I hope they could support the bill as well. Yes. Uh, a simple email can go a long way. I'd like to know your opinion on this bill. We like it. Um, I would also like to say if there's anyone thinking about getting a Gucci, stop thinking, get one. You won't regret it. Thanks for the show. Look forward to meeting you folks sometime. Chase Tacoma. So, Chase, a couple of things going on here. Number one, you're on point with a Gucci. Um... I have never owned a bike I viscerally love as much as my Goosey, the wonderful things. But secondly, I know we got tons of listeners in Washington. Even if you can't ever envisage yourself lane splitting, write in, support this bill, because it's pro-bike. That's it. That's all you need to know. Even if you're not going to do it yourself... Mm-hmm. You need to support it. Yeah. It's a really reasonable thing to do when there's traffic and congestion. Right. Yeah. And it's shit. It we really saw is. that it we saw that in Portland. Oh, I mean, you know, it, it mm-hmm. gets backed up up north. Yeah, and, yeah. and if you're sitting in traffic in a bike, you you're adding to that congestion. So yeah. if you can lane split, you're actually helping the other drivers on the road in the cars. Yeah, you're like one fucking bike, but you're taking up the space of an entire car. Exactly. And your well, real actual footprint footprint is like less than a quarter well, of a I th- car. I think we get all that. I think maybe encourage them to try to find a someone is aggregating all that political motivation instead of being one person see if there's a yeah. group leading the right. charge and yeah. how can you support maybe you show up at you know at the legislature one day I, in mass but yeah i suspect, to, yeah, yeah sorry i was gonna say check with your local ama rep 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I mean, because from what I understand, uh, I, either Oregon or Washington at one point had these on the books, and they just got shot down. <clears throat> but um, I don't know if this is the first time for Washington. But I mean, if for Portland, it probably could be the second or third time doing it. So, and I heard we'll that see. Utah is in the running right now too. I yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Hey, yeah. Kat, you have well, an email there to read? Well, oh, no, I wanted, to, I wanted to, I wanted to add something on, on the lanes building oh. thing uh, because. Uh, this is what the rest of the world does. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. time for yeah. the United States to catch the right. hell up. Yep. And the, I, I had an odd experience and I'm in Italy. In Italy, the, the Italian drivers sort of get upset at you if you don't lane split. They're like, hey, I've, I've made this base for you. How come you're not going? Go. The right. Italian drivers are rather aggressive and they expect you to be uh, aggressive as well. We're on our way to the Ferrari Museum and we're having to go through a lot of traffic in Marnello. And I'm thinking, oh, geez. don't you hate that, Liza? My, my clients are going to be upset because, you know, they've been stuck in traffic and we've been and it's kind of harrowing to do a lot of lane splitting for for quite a while we get to ferrari the ferrari museum and you know and i said okay how'd everyone like that everyone's like wow that was great we love that can we do some more i'm like what (laughs) they actually really enjoyed the game of split then find a space then split again and keep together and split they were loving it yeah Yeah. that's one of my favorite rides in pakistan yeah because if you're not not used to it it's like it feels like a hooligan ride yeah (laughs) and then but then throw in like sheep and children and it like ups it. it's the game it's so much fun in, in that particular order or any particular order any exactly. order all right so what you got there cat okay um actually this question is something i will have no i have no idea how to it's answer it's okay okay this is from sheila hi sheila sheila in texas oh, we hey. love yes. sheila okay yeah. sheila asks is have you seen the csc city slicker it's kind of an electric grom as far as size goes she says she's slightly interested she's only about 10 miles away from work and so this sort of thing would kind of work she could charge it at work uh, and she's wondering if if, if you uh, guys have heard anything about it uh, yeah so yes uh, well california scooter company yeah. well hold on we've had some people make great arguments that they love yeah. the bikes yeah. and they are proving to stick around uh, they haven't disappeared been around for but years, so yeah. they've come out with an electric grom and i know there's been a lot of people talking about it hmm. they're the first ones to do it and well, she was under the impression that the CSE was a chinese bike it is indeed. it is yeah. Okay. It is. That's they fool you with California scooter. <laughs> yes. But I think this is a twenty five hundred dollar bike or about there. So it's less than a Grom, mm-hmm. and it's electric. What do you think, Emma? How can this go wrong? Oh, there's so much that can go wrong. Um, Thermally, electrically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still excited about the plasma ball. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the CSE plasma ball. Plasma plasma ball. I don't want to be. Look. <laughs> I, cool, man. I don't want to be the one who's hating on Chinese bikes because to a lot of people who have restrictions on their income, they're in straightened circumstances. A Chinese bike may be the, all they can afford. Better than no bike. It's better than no bike. But there are there are so many questions about quality control. Yeah. yeah. And there are so many unanswered questions about it. And I've, you know... People come in the shop, oh, this is great, it's a CSC, it's a Zhongshan or whatever. These are the top quality bikes. Oh, Jesus, look at that thing. Um, I don't know. I 
Yeah. Do you roll the dice? Do you do, you do it? Twenty five hundred bucks. Yeah, twenty five hundred. I'm looking at a picture of it. It does well, look. What kind of a warrant? Does it have a, a year warranty or any sort of a? Does it have any warranty? It probably does. Well, so that would that would be something to consider. Yeah, and and California Scooter Company is, is one of these companies that basically brands a, a, you know a Chinese made product. Right. But but along with that, mm-hmm. I believe there's a certain amount of quality control that that it goes into that. The, you know, and and from what I've heard, you know, they've tried to to improve their quality over the years. Right, right, right. There were some problems, you know, in the first yeah, and first I mean, couple models, but you know, and and they may have it down by this point. I I don't know. I'm not familiar with this. I mean, this point, and it, it, I don't want to be hypocritical about this because if we take um, a few examples of people we support. Mm-hmm. Um, like the brake t- brake tech guys, you yep. know the high level mm-hmm. brake light. Yep. Um, those things are going to end up being made in China. Mm-hmm. So here's so, here's yeah. some here's some specs on it, and they're they're giving a lot of information on their website. So top speed is forty to forty two miles per hour. Okay, so that's about ten miles an hour down on the Grom. So we all know that riding range is dependent upon speed. So they're actually saying riding around town at twenty miles per hour will give you about. A 62-mile range. Okay. Um, Nobody's going to ride it that slow. Riding faster at 37 miles per hour will reduce the range to about 37 miles. Okay. This translates to a blended range of about 40 to 50 miles in normal, fast, and slow city driving. Well, if if Sheila lives 10 miles away from her work, she's going to pin it. And she's gonna she's gonna pin it for ten miles. I feel, yeah, I feel like ten miles is too much of distance to be going that slow. I don't know. Yeah, because it's gonna be. A, a straight, it all depends right? on what kind of roads you got. Yeah, Bagel, here's the battery wheelie. information. All right, Can ten miles highway, What's, what's ten the wheelie miles. index? Yeah, right. So it's got three. Uh, well, the motor is three point two kilowatts peak power, uh, one point five kilowatts rated. You know, not 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 a blistering amount of power, but you know, adequate. Uh, batteries, uh, 72 volt, 30 amp hours. So, I think for 2,500 bucks, fuck it. Roll it's fun. Get two yeah, bikes. maybe. Okay. It's fun. You know, it 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 could be an expensive toy to break. I mean, you know, I'd I'd hate for Sheila to lay down 2,500 bucks, which is still 2,500 bucks. I'm gonna use Grom. And st- I know but that's you know the other way, thing. Well, like, you know, Groms are holding their value. Their Z's yeah. or the Z125. Well, it's only 50 miles a week. So it's not like a ton of miles, and it could be extremely affordable. Right? Yeah. Commuting for free, basically. No, no, please, call, please get it and give us a report. Yeah, there <laughs> yeah. you go. Yeah. Well, that's the like, obvious thing, Sheila. So if you get it and it turns out to be lousy, you can still send us a report, and there's your value is sending us a report saying this <laughs> thing's a piece yeah. of crap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there is there is one interesting thing that I'm noticing about this bike is that the the motor is mounted as part of the swing arm, and so it's got a very short belt drive. It looks like to the rear wheel, uh, but it's actually part of the suspension, which is a little bit different. So it's, so it's, it's, it's got practically a, ru- a scooter. It's, it's got a rubber band. Uh, yeah, and it's it, so the the advantage though is that the motor is sitting very low, which keeps the weight. The weight and center of gravity low, but it is going to add to your unsprung weight. So, little give and take there. It's a, I have to say, it's not a bad looking thing. Yeah, it's yeah, got a little trellis back. frame. It looks like a little blue Ducati. Yeah, yeah. It looks like a well, mon- and here's one of the looks like a monster that got shrunk in the wash. One yeah. of the disadvantages of buying one of the Chinese bikes is that we've said you, a lot of dealers, a lot of shops won't work on it. Yeah, but. You don't need to take an electric bike in to be worked on. It either works or it don't. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot <laughs> of So there is that. 
It's not like you have to do valve adjustments or anything. So there may be something to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the plasma ball is the only concern. The biggest one, yeah. <laughs> but that could be cool, too. Just have a GoPro. As long as you're not on it, yeah. (laughs) Cool. Bagel, what do you got there? I have an email. And uh, this says, uh, the title is, Love the Show, from Monty Labash. Oh, Monty. Yes. Okay. Oh, Monty, eh? Yes. Fighting Rommel. (laughs) Monty says, I first uh, saw your show on Ride with Norman Reedus a couple years ago, but just started to listen about a month ago. Okay. Having already already six different podcasts on my list, and your show was a bit longer than an hour, I kept putting it off. What the fuck was I thinking? You guys are yeah. awesome. Well, where are you fucking thinking? <laughs> You're a big, reasonable person. That's what you'll say. I would, same thing. So it says, a little bit of my bio. Just started riding about four years ago at age 48. Always wanted a dirt bike since I was a kid, but also gravitated towards cars, which I still have a passion for. Okay. My four kids, fully grown and on their own, soon to be divorced. Uh, it seemed like a good time to learn. So uh, my soon-to-be ex-wife, also a Harley LARP, owns every piece of Harley swag, but but rides a Honda uh, Rebel 250. Congratulations Harper. on the soon-to-be ex-wife, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at the time, went through her MSC, and it kind of propelled me to do the same. Uh, I'm not one to bash her, but you guys know what I'm saying. Short, shortly after after getting my license, I found a 2006 Suzuki S40, okay. 650, for 11, only $1,100. Uh, I moved to Pittsburgh, Harley LARP headquarters, <laughs> to Denver, moved from Pittsburgh, Harley Larp headquarters, to Denver, and only ride about a thousand miles a year. I just needed something a little bigger to ride, uh, to ride longer and more comfortable. I recently bought a Kawasaki Vulcan S for thirty-seven hundred. The bike has nice. more accessories and add-ons. I was never a loud exhaust type uh, type of guy, but the two brothers' exhaust sounds pretty sweet. Saddlebags, extra lights, auxiliary power plug. We'll be getting hand warmers. Uh, this winter has been a little rough and cold, so I haven't been out riding since uh, ri- riding uh, since riding home from the dealer in 28 degrees. Ooh! <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it has been hard going from the mid pegs to slightly forward pegs on the Vulcan. Uh, I found myself in a couple of 55 degree days and and not just jumping on for a quick ride just because it's not feeling comfortable. Um, uh, uh, should should have waited and test drove more bikes, especially the Versus. I don't have an up-the-butt bike yet, but would like to do some flat track riding, and the Indian flat track rider looks pretty sweet. Uh, thanks for the last Monty the Bash. And he also has a follow-up and says, one of the most important things I left out of my first email was my 86-year-old mom getting on a motorcycle ride for the first That's time. That's awesome. Cool. Yay! Yep. Said so my mom, for years, detested motorcycles and thought they were just incredibly dangerous. My dad passed away eight years ago, and and she wasn't sitting at home and being complacent and had friends that were younger and rode motorcycles. Over time, she realized that they are as safe as the people driving them. And I ended up starting riding myself. She put it on her yeah, bucket buddy. list then. And two and a half years ago, at a picnic, one of her friend's son took her for a ride. Not exactly the safest gear they had for her, but she enjoyed the experience. And oh, that's awesome. right. And there's that's a job. Yeah, there's Never a pic- too late. That's yeah, cool. There's a picture of his uh, mom on the back of a bike, a little half helmet. <laughs> Woo-hoo. <laughs> nice that's one. awesome. So, um, thank you, everyone, for listening. I think uh, yeah. that was a good show. We had a lot of people. Thank you, Kat, for fun. coming down. Sure. Yeah, Kat's always good. Thanks for sticking around, dude. I'm, I'm just constantly, I'm fascinated by the amount of people that we keep meeting. Meeting and 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 things to talk about. It's yeah. because you don't give a fuck. 
Yes, <laughs> that's that your is exactly it. The worst thing you can do is say no, right? And you know what gives me that attitude? Having a new bike in the garage, man. Yeah, Honda. Uh, yeah, you know what? No. Why haven't you? Why haven't you bought a new bike from us? I don't. I don't need one. I don't need one. He's babbling. But, he's but, not making any sense. He's yeah, hysterical. Know, right? But but n plus one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Knock. This is this is babbling from the sick bed. Here's the thing. Come down and buy a new bike from us. <laughs> Really? Well, maybe. I don't know. We'll see about that. Now. I'll probably go down there and buy some fucking oil or whatever. There yeah, buy all that. I'll buy, buy all that. Tires. X-Star oil. Tires. I'll get some tires. tires. I, my, well, see, we, my, my ninja needs a new rear tire right now. Well, we may busted. be going down next Saturday if it's raining. Yeah, okay. that's true. We'll see. Oakley Doakley. <clears throat> exactly. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. Thank you to our, especially to our Patreon subscribers. I've gotten, I think, all the shirts out. Uh, send us pictures. We love to see them. Uh, especially Jim puts them on our Instagram page. Yeah, we check l- us out on Instagram. We love them pictures. Yeah. Exactly. And, um, yeah, just... You know, thanks for sticking with us this long. Um, we've we're just going to continue going and have so much more to talk about, especially when we get great guests like Cat Down. So thanks again, uh, thanks again for listening. This is Liza. Don't forget to go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Find our links to everything. Yeah, Wu Tang, <laughs> Bagel, Emma, darling, Ciao, Mega Jim, and we're out of here. Cool, cool, cool. cool.